What's up, everybody? Welcome to PSI Love You XOXO, episode 71. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the pride of Brazaria, Colin Moriarty. Brazaria? Yeah. It's that, nerdy, that it's that nerdy little Japanese game you're playing. Burz, there's, a Burz ca- there's a cat with a hat on him, and yep. he's got these eyes coming through, you fucking loser dork. Yep. When are you going to play Bur- Madden, you Burz dork? Burz area. Not in my country is what I say. Well, it's not. It wasn't made in your country. That's true. It wasn't, definitely wasn't made in your country. Not in my country, Kevin. Brazaria. You got your bras? Your braziers? Yeah. How yep, you doing, Colin? Got a hook. I'm all right. A little... little pooped i don't know why i had, I had a uh, a great night's sleep a very yeah. very low-key weekend went to bed at a reasonable hour woke up at what i feel like is a reasonable hour but feel a, a strange fatigue not entirely sure why that is mm. but I'm, mm. I'm busting on through right now you're doing it you're just gonna keep going and i feel a little cold yeah it's again, chilly in here it's cold in here today which is why i have my which is why i have my uh no, 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 no. Leave it. It's fine. I think Colin turned down the heater. I saw him. I saw him tinkering with the heater. Well, I, I turned it actually up. I'm coming to fix your hood. But, but I, I, I'm comfortable now. You know, so, so now I'm, I'm feeling very fit, very good, very fit. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's all, it's Fitness all coming together. Yep. Fitness is high because of the temperature that's been raised. <laughs> Colin, what'd you play this weekend? Uh, well, beat Hugh finally. Uh, great game. We talked about that. Uh, big fans uh, of Hugh here. Quite a bit. I had nausea when we need to talk about that again. Uh, played a few more hours of Tales of Brazaria, so I'm at like 15 hour mark. Brazaria, Brazaria. I'm sorry, Brazaria. like a Brazier. And uh, I started a game called Exiles End on Vita, which is like this kind of Metroidvania that I was interested in. It's really fucking bad. Like I, I just, <laughs> I just can't, can't. So I'm, I actually don't even want any of the trophies that I earned. So I just want to see if I can, I'm just going to format my Vita. What is it? What is Exiles End? It's uh, just this Metroidvania. You're you're this guy that lands on a planet with some other people and like these separate crafts and you're just running around, but it's just mindless. Like it's just like, I just don't understand what the fuck's going on. And it doesn't explain anything. There's no, it just doesn't seem like I was reading reviews about it later after I started playing it. It doesn't seem like anyone really liked it over, over the weekend. I was laying there in bed. Got Portillo next to me squeaking on a new crypto toy, and I'm 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 I go to the store because I I, we, I always when we talk about we go through the drop I go through here and I write down games I want to go look back at right I look back at some of these gems that have come out recently of course we don't need to talk about Life of Black Tiger whatever the fuck it is that one that trailer did all of the damage it needed to yeah, do it was on a its great own. Jim Sterling let's play a bit if you guys but when it. I went and saw the uh, remember that one where there was the woman who was just the opacity here was turned down I went and watched the trailer for that gem. Holy shit! Because like that game I forget. It's but it's pick a side or whatever, and you go and there's the blonde woman who's in the 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 graphic, and then a brunette woman, and then you jump and it's just this it's this weird tank combat where you're just like driving around doing all these different things. It looks like it's an iPhone game and everything else, and it got me thinking because I was then I oh started, I know we talked about uh, something two thousand uh, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we talked about uh, it two weeks ago two thousand yeah yeah I started looking at a whole bunch of these other games that are coming out that are leaking up there and going up there and watch and like there are a couple just. I mean, god awful trailers, and I was like, we should do you and me a let's play where we jump in and play a whole bunch of them. But then I was wondering, is that mean? Is no. that mean? Somebody tried a little bit on those games. You know, somewhere. I don't, I don't buy this this rationale. This is like what some people, when I put out the column, was right episode about there being too many games on PSN. Yeah. Guess what? I'm fucking right. There are too many games on PSN. Uh, and Life of Black Tiger is just the next example of that. The game serves no one. Uh, no one out there should want to play that game. I can't imagine, objectively speaking, anyone would want to play that game. Yeah. Nonetheless. Uh, this idea that well the game exists someone worked on it and i'm like yeah that's great like i appreciate that they tried that doesn't mean that they're above ridicule we get ridiculed all the fucking time we try you know and yeah, yeah. uh so no i don't think it's mean-spirited in fact it could be you know it could be useful to people that are gonna you know that want to save money that are looking for videos it would definitely illustrate like, the point of what we're talking about because everyone's like oh there's a 
you know, when I was, when I was, not everyone, but some people were saying when I put out that column was right about too many games that, uh, there's a trailer and there's information about every game and reviews. And I'm like, no, you're fucking wrong. Actually, there are plenty. We worked at IGN forever. There were games where we had a review as much as we could. And there were plenty of games that got zero reviews on Metacritic. That's not uncommon. And it's not uncommon to have one or two reviews for a game you've never heard of from fucking sites you never heard of. Yeah. So you don't know who to trust. Yeah. So I think that it's a, I think that it could be a useful thing, but, but life of black tiger and some of these other games that are coming out, is just like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Like my idea from, and you guys should go watch that episode of Colin was right. Cause I, I, I think it's a, a, an interesting episode is, I think that I'm. I think that my idea, my prescription is right on the money. Sony should invest in people that know games that object can talk to the objectivity, the small sliver of objectivity under every game. Is this game playable? Does this game work? Look at who looked at Life and Black Life, Life and Black Tiger in at Sony was like, yeah, this is fine. Like, why? why no one like got up from their desk, went and talked to their boss, be like, I don't know if we really need this game that is going to sell literally one thousand copies, if that, yeah. and half the people that are buying it are buying it as a joke. There's typos in it. The graphics look seriously like early PS2 graphics, maybe. Look like early iPhone graphics. Awful, 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 awful stuff. It's the same. We'll talk about it during trophy time, but there's a trophy list that came out for a game. Just completely incomprehensible. Oh, okay, like, okay, like just Looking terrible. Like, and it's like, who over at Sony? Is, is everyone asleep over there? Like, I, like, sometimes I wonder, like, there's no one over there that's like, hey, this trophy list doesn't make any Let's sense. Let's bounce this back to them so they can, you know, write in English. Well, it's, it's always weird when we talk to the developers who go through these hoops and get rejected and they fail their, you know, cert or they get kicked back on this different thing. And it's like to see in their in their failing because they left like one field blank on their submission form. I've talked to people about, right? Like the game's fine. Everything's fine. But they fucked up this one little piece of paperwork. And that's why this doesn't happen. It's all. all bullshit. We all know it anyway. Like the the. The, the 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 minute I knew that that or that certification was largely nonsense, depending on the developer, is when we saw that Telltale game with mm, fucking mm. Xbox prom- button prompts in it on PlayStation. Yeah, yeah, very very rigorous standards over there. So, yeah, something to keep in mind when you're seeing these games. And sh- so, should we do it? Maybe. Uh, is it mean spirited? Perhaps. I was very mean spirited about Amy when I reviewed it, which is a game I always go back to. That game is fucking terrible. I'll just yeah. scream from the mountaintops. I don't care who it hurts. That game fucking sucks. You know, it hurts like, Amy. Well, Amy should be hurt. She had a comment. Little bitch. <laughs> Whoa, doctor. But then the other game that we were playing, obviously, is Resident Evil 7. And I, I don't know. We both beat it. I don't know that um, there's much more to say that we didn't say. In there's a review up, obviously, for the kind of funny games cast. You can check that on YouTube.com slash kind of funny uh, games. And uh, yeah, I loved it. I thought it was great. Uh, you lo- you liked it, right? You thought it was very great. I thought it was great. I thought it was a, a step back in the right direction for Resident Evil, which yeah. I guess really needed. I think that they can build off of this. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of the reviews. I don't know necessarily agree that it's like a nine or a nine. Like some people I'm like, I don't I don't see it quite that way, but it's certainly great. And yeah. uh, it starts a little slow. Um, I agree with the people saying that it's, it's much more of an adventure game than 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 I agree uh, with that, too. Um, yeah. which is fine. But it's not I like very that. That, that was the thing of like for me, the whole th- I as I said in the review, I've always struggled to connect with Resident Evil games. Controls have been a turnoff to me when they start trying to feel like action. It never worked for me. So to have it be yeah, more adventure game feeling and then these, you know, interspersed boss fights or moments of action or jump scares. I thought that was a better balance for me of like, okay, cool. I'm really existing in this house. I'm really walking around trying to find all these things. I am managing my inventory, worrying about what I'm going to do, choosing different loadouts to go with pretty yeah. much. And there's a compelling trophy list, which we'll go over in a yeah. little while, yeah. which I think it will give the game some replayability for people that care about that kind of stuff. And yeah, I think, you know, it took eight, nine hours. It's not, you know, some people were saying, uh, reviews saying 12 to 15 hours. I'm like, I don't know in what world it takes you 15 hours to be Resident Evil uh, 7, but um, it might take you longer. It might take you shorter. There's a trophy for beating it in four hours. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I, I think that it's, 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 
atmospheric and ambient and uh, well made, and I, I really enjoy it. The one the one critique that I wish I remembered for the review that I didn't stand that I didn't state, which is a big one for me, and I don't know if you uh, uh, saw this. I don't know if anyone else cares. Is that the game being in first person yeah. requires it to tell you you're hurt in different ways. Unlike uh, Isaac in Dead Space with the, like his back, yep. like the thing on his back, or the, the typical uh, Resident Evil HUDs with like you know the, the the health meters and stuff like that, or the health like line. Um, in this game, they use blood splatter on the screen, which just stays there in perpetuity, and mm-hmm. it is so mm-hmm. fucking annoying. And I wish that they that is like a massive design flaw for me in that game. And, wow. and there's no way. I, I was like in the menu. I was like, "There's got to be a way to get rid of this." And then there was. It said blood splatter, and then it's like normal or light. Like you can't get rid of it. And I'm like, I wish I would rather have just a little bug on the screen that tells me how healthy or not healthy I am because this is super fucking distracting and unimmersive. Having this, th- for instance, there's a trophy for beating the game without using few, using fewer than three health items or something, something like that. Th- and, yeah, I thought it was boxes or whatever. Uh, no, there's a, there's a separate se- one. Yeah, and there's uh, and it's it's like someone's got to go through the game with all this blood all over this. It's just not, it just doesn't look right. It doesn't look good. Like you got to get immediately show that, but then get faded off of it. it. Like I just, I didn't find it a useful tool, especially well, because it's so amb- What amb- I found amb- interesting, ambiguous. we're going to jump to the question here in a second. I played, you know, the first four and a half hours in VR and when you pull up on the regular game, no VR, or even in the VR, right? You pull up your menu or one of your menus and you look at your watch and that has your health on it there, right? So even if it wasn't blood splatter, you'd know if you're green, yellow, or red and in trouble. In VR, when I was playing it solely and exclusively that way, when that would come up, I could never clearly see it. It was always like out of frame. And I'm like, I think that's my health, but it's weird that I can't ever That's That's fucking weird. Whatever. And then when I put in the game into, and sat on the couch and played it that way, I was like, oh, like, no, that's just a weird VR, you know, thing. I don't know if it was on. It wasn't on me. I don't think to look or move my head around a certain way to get to the watch. It just never, ever any way I sliced. It was clear. And I just thought, oh, that's just how it is. It's off. It's like it's in the foreground or the background. And yeah. the foreground supposed to be the information. I just think I just think that it was a, a strange design choice that I, I wonder if they will patch out. Like, I'm really curious if like I can't possibly be the only one. Are that you was seeing like, other people bitch about it? I haven't read, read too deeply about it. So I'm, yeah. I, I just can't imagine that I'm the only person I was like, this is really distracting and annoying. It, you know? See, I, I for me, it was like, fine, whatever it was it was only weird when it was like all right cool i've i'm healed up and then i'd go and a bug would attack me and i'd immediately get some and then i just had it on me forever exactly like, and that's right. what i'm saying then you're like, using you know all over me but then in a game with item scarcity although it's not it doesn't practice item scarcity the way that quite to the extent the old resident yeah. games do but even in a game with item item scarcity like i'm using some curative items just to get rid of that thing because the bug hit me or whatever i'm like i don't want this on my screen there's got to be a way yeah. to so that I know that that sounds like a small issue in the grand scheme of things. It is, especially because of how great the game is. But I forgot to mention that. And mm-hmm. I realized that when I got home that night or whatever, I was like, damn, like I thought that that was somewhat of a salient issue in terms of uh, of some sort of, I think, totally legitimate. And I think some sort of, again, objective viewpoint of like, why do you want to have this clean HUD, but then glitter it with blood splatter for 90 yeah. percent of the game? It just doesn't look right. You should at least let people turn it off. Uh, Jeremiah Jux wrote in and said, Hello, Greg and Colin. Resident Evil is finally out today. I'm a proud owner of PSVR, and whenever a great title comes out for it, I'm on board. I've thoroughly played the midnight update for the Resident Evil 7 beginning hour demo, parentheses, with friends around, of course, never alone. And I found myself getting really excited to play the full experience. But I'm hesitant to jump in since the game is absolutely terrifying in VR. So I have to ask, with Resident Evil 7 being such a frightening experience, would it hinder itself from becoming a killer app for the psvr or are we still waiting for the game slash experience to skyrocket the psvr thanks for all you do in the fun videos jeremiah jux um i don't think 
Resident Evil 7 is the killer app for VR. I think it is a great use of VR. I think it's a, I was comfortable the entire time playing for those four and a half hours. I only switched off, as I said in the video review, because I came home that day and wanted to sit on the couch and have Portillo on my lap and not worry about looking around and get cords getting caught and all that jazz. Uh, and it's just natural state, I think, for us to play video games because we've been raised that way. But it is awesome, and it is, I think it's proof, it, it, which we haven't had, of a triple a long form eight to nine to 10 hour game can be done in VR and be enjoyable. And you can play it that whole way. I saw Patrick Klepik uh, tweeted today that he'd played the whole thing in PSVR. He says it's the way to play. I think it is way more immersive. It is scarier that way. Um, in terms of it being frightening and putting people off kind of, I guess, but I don't know if they're, I don't, I can't imagine what the breakout PlayStation VR game would be right now in this climate that would make everybody go, holy shit, I have to get a PlayStation VR. I don't know if it exists. Yeah, maybe not yet. I I don't want to be redundant for people that listen to the review discussion already, but uh, you know, my intention was to play it all the way through in PSVR. Then the nature of when we got the game and, according with, and, and in accordance with my personal schedule meant that I wasn't even home um, to play it. So uh, I had to play it. On, I played it on my girlfriend's PS4 naturally or normally and uh it was uh it was perfectly fine that way i thought it was fun that way as well i'm intrigued by the vr experience but unfortunately i, I didn't get home until i beat maybe five six of the game that way and yeah. then i got home and i finished it on my own ps4 which is why i have trophies for beating the game but none of the other trophies they're all spread out I hate um, that. God, it but, so i have to go home and or back to aaron's and, and sync, sync those it. up but uh yeah, so I just didn't get to play it in that, in that, and I was a little disappointed. But I was like, I either have to, I could be hard headed and just wait, and then everyone's gonna get mad at me for not playing it on time, you know, because everyone's all upset. Even though you know, I, I don't know how many more fucking video games I could possibly play, but um, and uh, I didn't want to do that, so I was like, I should just play it. This is the way ninety five percent of PS four owners are gonna play it, and a hundred percent of everyone else. So yeah. So, uh, you know, um, but I, I, there is a, um, I don't really want to spoil, but there's, there's a split in the game where I, I made a save and, uh, maybe I'll go back to that point and make the other decision and then play it in VR and see what happens. Yeah. 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 I think it's great. I think it's a good use of VR. I think it's a good proof of concept and hopefully if it's well received, like it seems like it is so far with reviews, the VR component, it engages more developers, but we're going to talk about more VR here in a little bit. Uh, so yeah, I played Resident Evil 7, beat it, enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, I beat Read Only Memories 2064 that had been lingering around for a while. Liked it a lot, but I feel like it's and I I really enjoyed the game. Uh, recommend it for people to go do it. I uh, especially even if you're if you think you're ever going to play it. Yeah, I'll play it when it comes to Vita probably. Okay, cuz it's definitely right up your alley with the whole AI and Turing and this whole thing. Like I the ending is actually really fascinating i think in terms of it but i don't want to talk about it, obviously on the air but let alone to you if you're going to get to it one day uh the one thing i don't dig about it is it's another it's a trophy time-ish kind of topic but like the trophy list is one of those like eh, like, of, like there's like one of drink every drink at the bar and the, there's like a gajillion there and if you click through the game doesn't give you a hold down the button to fast forward text thing because it's all text-based mm -hmm. right and like you know so it's it pops up the text starts popping up they'll start talking you can hit x and then skip it but i don't want to sit there tap 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 you know what i mean like but you, you didn't you play i am mail whatever the fuck it is i did play that yeah yeah but this is if this worked that way where it was like tap, i am mayo is tap 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 and i have to do anything this one is tap tap stop go to the next drink tap, tap, you know did, did all this stuff and there's a ton of drinks and it's there's a conversation for each one of them going back and forth it's a pain in the butt but it's like a pain in the butt that if that was it sure if that was what was holding me back from getting the platinum but then the trophy list goes that extra way of uh but you know your ending trophies are be friends with character a 
be enemies with character A. Be friends with character B. Yeah, we B. went over that last, just, last week, right? And yeah. it's one of those, again, when you go back to the fact that there's no way to, you know, like I've seen these conversations before for the most part, except for when I get to my choice to be an asshole, right? So there's nothing really to hold down to fast forward through that to skip through it. It's I don't want to sit there and be bored as I watch the text come sure. up again because the story is going to be the same story either way. But an enjoyable game. I think everybody should check it out still. Uh, Platinum Virginia, doubled back for that last night. That's been lingering on my... Uh, cross media bar as i still call it for quite some time and then uh the big one for this weekend was i jumped back in the division i've been talking about that since uh we started talking about game of the year and i put that on my list of how much fun that game was and how i, was, I had that itch to go back but the fact that the way it had ended was one of those that soured me on it i think when i thought about it at a surface level in terms of all right cool I, that not day i signed on and ty and fran were playing and ty had been playing the same mission for six hours just to grind out the most you know the best gear and i was like this ain't for me. Fuck this. But then I'd heard so much good things about uh, all this other content and stuff. Jumped in yesterday with Fran and did uh, the new survival mode. And it was actually really fucking cool. And not only is that cool, there's so much more content to do there. And it's seems like it's more rewarding. Not to mention, and I forgot the fact that when I was originally playing it, I was playing with the idea of having the platinum eventually. And so like, I have a bunch of collectibles whittled down to like needing five or 10. So I started to knock on those out last night. Uh, I think I'm going to put a lot more time into it here as we don't have a quiet moment, but we have a quick breath before we get to horizon and switch and mass effect and all that. It seems like this lead into February. I have a second and a half because sure. gravity rush and Yakuza fun, but they just weren't what I wanted right there. Yeah, you, I, I didn't suspect you would get back to those. I don't think there's any, shame I put, no, I put back, I played a little, I played another two hours of gravity rush this week, but it, the problem I have with gravity rush is just like, yep, this is fun. It's more gravity rush, but I, I played the first Gravity Rush, and this doesn't feel like it's something I need to come back to. I enjoy seeing Cat again. I enjoy playing this again, but I'm not like in love with what I'm doing. Yeah, I, I, I was just gonna say I think that's totally fine to not go back to those games. There's, oh, I know. There's a, like this 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 idea this this orthodoxy that you have to beat every game you play is fucking obnoxious and absurd. And I and and people that think that you know like we don't play or finish our games or whatever. It's like just look at my trophies if you feel that way. Sure, I'm sure I have beaten and played more than 99 percent of the people that are complaining. So. Yeah. Um, so I think it's good that you walk away. Like we have to, I say that also, and as a, as a, uh, a helpful tip, I hope to people out there, like just walk away. Like this time is valuable. Like, sure. what are you trying to prove? You know, like it, it's yeah. just so that's what the, my thing with the last guardian. I was like, eh, I played an hour. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. Yeah. Really don't want to play this at all. So, you know, I'm not going to. Yeah. And, uh, I think that that's great. So, um, you know, and I liked your thing with Yakuza, not having being a fan or really know much about the series. It's, you played one, you played them all. Yeah, so exactly. Like, okay, and that's, that's and good that's, enough for me because I don't want to play anything. funny with Yakuza and Gravity Rush coming out side by side. Both great games. Both. I'm totally like, oh, yeah, fun. I, I love I love these franchises, but they're both the same thing of I've done this before. I don't feel compelled to go back. Even in Gravity Rush, you know, the couple hours I put in got to the next big town and there are all the pink gems floating around and I started collecting them like ah, I remember doing this in Vita and it was fun for a while and I you know it, but it eventually wore me out yeah tales of uh, uh that's why I'm so happy that we have a little bit of gap because like, give me give me time to get through tales of Berseria because I don't you know Neo is probably the next game that I really want to play and I assume we'll get that game soon I don't know I hope so. heard from that it, demo from looked that. awesome I didn't yeah. I, I didn't download it watched uh, some let's plays of it I'm super some... super stoked about it like yeah. I, I I think it looks great and it will so we'll get Neo into horizon into mass effect that's a pretty good triumvirate so I I uh in there too yeah zelda and uh, i mean but this is a playstation podcast greg it's a game podcast everybody knows it's a it's a video game podcast about playstation they understand poops. they understand what's happening playstation and poops the two p's the um, two p's playstation poop and more playstation three p's three p's so uh so i'm stoked because i this week i just want to kind of chill the uh, one game i want to get into is uh i think we talked about it last week maybe not was the that game flame in the flood or flood yeah. in the flame or yeah, yeah, yeah. um, flame in the flood it looks great 
Like yeah. I, I, I'll be interested. Like, yeah, go ahead. I want to see try it. I want to, I don't want to, I want to get Berseria out of the way. The other yeah. thing that I want to get out of the way is, uh, that I don't know why. Maybe I should just do it tonight. Is like I just stopped playing Rise of the Tomb Raider like at the very end of the game. Yeah, well, you're because I want to go back and get all the right? battles. I'm like, I, yeah, I'm yeah. not going to do this anymore. Like I just want to get this fucking over with. Sure. So, how much more can I play that goddamn right. game? So, um, so I should I should check that off too. And then and then I'm basically free to uh, to move on to what's next. But I gotta I gotta format my my Vita because I don't want those exiles and trophies. I understand. I gotta get, gotta get them off the thing. Uh, I do want to give a shout out though to this survival mode because everybody had been talking about it being cool, but I hadn't looked into it. Do Do you know about it? I read about it on their blog, but yeah, yeah. when I initially, when I heard survival, I assumed it was going to be like a horde mode or whatever, you know, get your team together and sit there and go, uh, the actual, the idea of it is actually really awesome. And the mo as much as I tweeted about division this weekend, both good and bad, a lot of people are reaching out asking if survival is cool. Survival is real cool. 24 players. The idea is that you go in when you, you, you know, get your group together or go in solo and you start it up and great do PVE or PVP. Uh, and the idea is that it starts up. You, there's a blizzard coming into New York. You go up in this helicopter the helicopter crashes you fall out you are aren't equipped for the situation you are immediately infected and you're sick so you, you there's these safe houses around new york but you start in one uh you there's crafting tables but you have none of your real equipment you just have a pistol and you're in like you know the hazmat suit and so the idea is that outside blizzard conditions it's like negative 31 celsius or whatever it's fucking cold as hell out there uh and if you go out and you stay out there too long you'll freeze to death and so the idea is you're in this world with these other people fighting them or not fighting them. Uh, and then you have to run around and scavenge for the same goods. And so you need to scavenge for medicine to keep yourself healthy while this infection spreads. And over time it gets worse. You can, you know, see at any point on your HUD, how much time you have until you're going to succumb, succumb to the illness or whatever. Uh, you need to eat, uh, that's going on too. You need to drink when you drink and you're hydrated, you're more available to see the things around you, like the boxes you can loot or whatever for extra stuff. Um, and that'll all obviously wore down over time, but, as you go out and start looting, obviously you have to worry about the elements. So there's fire barrels you have to run to, or you can run into other safe houses or other like just uh, buildings that are open. Uh, but the cool thing about it is whether it's PVP or PVE, you're dealing with limited loot. So there's crates all over the place, but once one of the other 23 people get to it, it's gone. So I need to get out there. I need to be doing this. And the idea is that I'm out there getting the stuff to go back to craft my filter to go into the dark zone eventually to craft a flare gun to shoot it off to get extracted and get saved or whatever. So it's this weird thing of racing against time, racing against the elements, risk reward of like, all right, cool. You know, Fran and I are out there and it's like, I see stuff up ahead, but we're only, we're about, you know, we're, I only have a quarter left before I'm going to start freezing to death. So I need to double back to this or am I going to take on these guys? How's it all going to work out? But it's a cool idea. Like they took away the uh, mini map. So it's like you're in this blizzard. It's hard to see in front of you. You don't know what's going on. You're it's, it's, it's a, it's different. It's a much different feel from the game that I enjoyed to begin with, but cool. Shout out to them for that. I like the division. Uh, yeah, I do too. Uh, a shout out to them for that. And then a big fuck you for the fact that it's still fucked up. I can't, I, you know, it's one of those, like I, I've taken basically a year off. Fran and I were playing this thing a lot when it first came out. I, my clock said, uh, when I started in two days and some odd hours. So, I mean, I've put a lot of time into the division and, uh, I was like, all right, let's jump back in. And so much of it has been streamlined and is easy to understand. And it's okay, cool. I felt I'm getting gearboxes. I'm getting all this awesome shit to begin with. I'm like, all right, this is really great. And then it was the same thing of like, I can't find Fran in my friend list for some reason. We get together. We did our first run of survival trying to figure out what's going on. I'm like, all right, cool. We, we got our legs. I'm excited for the next one. We go in to do another one playing, playing, playing. I freeze blue screen comes up. The little progress bar is going to send the report. I'm like, oh Jesus. All right, fine. I how about I restart the game and come in and I just keep getting to the connecting and it's the spinning wheel. It says connecting game over Greggy and Fran's like, well, I'll invite you. And this is, this is like an 
hour of us going back and forth trying to figure out what's wrong. He's like, it says you're still in the queue for the survival mode. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. I'm Googling it. I can't find anything. I'm tweeting about it. Everybody's like, go unlink your Ubisoft Uplay account from your thing and come back in. Uh, go d- delete the entire game and reinstall it. Do you, like, There's all these different ideas and I'm trying the basic ones and none of them are working. And then hours later that night, a guy sent me a support thread that was other people dealing with this problem. And this problem has existed since December when they put out this patch. And the synopsis at the very end of what to do is start the division. When the epilepsy warning pops on the screen, PlayStation button out, Go to your network settings, test your network settings, come back in, start the game, and it'll load for you. And sure enough, it did. And I'm like, you've known about this since December, and this is the best fix we have for this problem. And it's like, how many, and I, again, I'm Greg. Like, I have lots of people who want to give me advice. Oh, it wasn't until the very end of the day, like, I, like five hours later, somebody was like, I saw this, try this. And I was like, and I couldn't find it off basic Google searches of this. I, it, of, at one point, I got an error code. I put that up. That didn't lead me to anything helpful. It's like, this is like, how the fuck is this still a problem, number one? And how is there no feedback anywhere? I was looking at the Division Twitter account. I couldn't see anything. It's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's strange. They probably, I mean, I'm sure they know the issue. I'm sure they don't patch because they have to pay for those things. So they, and that's they the thing is they're getting ready. That I, you know, we're playing off patch 1.5. I guess 1.6 is, in the, is coming down soon. It's going to be a thing, but... All that said, I still can't wait to go home and play more division. Like I'm it, when I started popping like the silvers, you know what I mean? For the collectibles, I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. Yeah, I'm close on this. Like, and then we went and ran. It, it, I remember that my problem being when we were going to do like, cause there's a the one trophy for, you know, do every one of the missions on hard. And I was like, not, that's not hard, but it was kind of annoying when we had just finished all those missions mm-hmm. and I was already replaying them a little bit and I didn't want to jump back in. And now going, but we Fran and I went back and did like the relay calm one last night or whatever. And I was like, all right, cool. This is fun. And I'm powerful enough with the equipment I have that it wasn't the same when I was level 20 trying to do this shit. I'm excited to get more, more time under my belt with it. Cool. Ladies and gentlemen, this is PSI. Love you. XOXO. It is kind of funny.com's PlayStation podcast. It posts every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time on podcast services around the globe. Unless I forget. And then you need to tweet me and youtube.com slash kind of funny games. So go subscribe to all the things. Watch the shows. Watch Colin was right. And remember, it is the number one PlayStation podcast on the Internet strictly because of your support. So thank you so very much. Two pieces of housekeeping before we get into it. Remember that RTX Sydney is right around the corner. That's February 4th in Sydney, Australia. Uh, I'll be there with Tim Gettys. We'll be doing a kind of funny panel i will also be doing a two-hour one-on-one interview with hideo kojima you are invited to come watch it will be exciting and then far off in the distance pax east is coming we have a panel a kind of funny panel march 10th that's friday at 8 30 p.m yes that's late yes you should bring booze colin let's begin the show with what is boobs booze booze, booze. if you have booze well, and you want to bring boobs, boobs well. too yeah totally totally we can have a boob off me versus you there are nine items on the list a baker's dozen on the Roper Roper's report. <laughs> do, 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 time Let's first. get to <laughs> singular possessive. Number one, the MPD report is out for December of 2016, showing us the top ten best-selling games for the month in the United States, both physically and digitally. The top ten best-selling games for the month were in order: Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, Final Fantasy 15, Battlefield One, Madden NFL 17, NBA 2K17, Watch Dogs 2. Grand Theft Auto 5, Pokemon Sun, FIFA 17, and Pokemon Moon. The Pokemon games positions represent physical copies sold only. When taking into account, uh, when taking that into account, along with the fact that Sun and Moon are essentially the same game, it pr- probably should be far higher on the list. It probably mm-hmm. wouldn't. Be. According to the MPD report, quote, Final Fantasy 15 experienced the best console launch month in the history of the franchise since tracking began in 1995, selling 19% more new physical units than Final Fantasy 13 in its launch month and 54% more in total dollar revenue, including digital full game sales, end quote. 
As we discussed last week, PlayStation 4 was the month's best-selling console, giving it a two-month streak in the States. Woo-woo! Shout out to Watch Dogs 2. I know I'm biased. I love Watch Dogs 2, but I, I'm, I'm glad there was a swell. But you said sale too, probably. Maybe, although I don't know like how how algorithmically it's tracking sales versus monies made. Clearly, yeah. people listen, though. Not, not I don't mean just to me. I mean to me and reviews and people elsewhere. Like you, uh, you, you guys, people made good on their promise of, I'll pick that up down the line when there's more, mm-hmm. you know, when I have time. And you did awesome. Watch Dogs 2 is a great game. Number two. MPD has also revealed the top 10 best-selling games for the entire year of 2016, both digitally and physically. These numbers reflect sales in the United States only. The top 10 games are in order. Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, which was the best-selling game of the year and a fantastic game. Battlefield 1, another fantastic game. Tom Clancy's The Division was number three. Another Woo-hoo. great game. NBA 2K17, Madden NFL 17, Grand Theft Auto 5, Overwatch, Call of Duty Black Ops 3, which is interesting, uh, number eight. FIFA 17 and Final Fantasy 15. Digital sales are not counted for Overwatch indicating that it likely charted higher than indicated. Because mm. it's a number seven. So it's probably, I would imagine. Overwatch, it seems like a lot of people bought. A lot of people enjoyed Overwatch. Number three. GameSpot has relayed some precious information about the upcoming Uncharted standalone DLC, The Lost Legacy. Information that originated from the UK's official PlayStation magazine. According to that report, we will indeed be playing as Chloe. Nadine, as we saw in the trailer, is also in the game, though their shared connection currently remains unknown. The setting of the DLC is India. Which Sean Eskeg, the expansion's creative director, explained has, quote, really nice iconography, hidden temples, and weird deities we can play off of. So it's a perfect setting for Uncharted, The Lost Legacy, end quote. The game's director, Kurt. Kurt, what up? Then jumped in to talk about gameplay. Quote, I would say we're going a little more wide this time. I don't want to give too much away, but it's something we're excited about on the gameplay side. This kind of contrast of an urban setting and a rural setting, a tighter experience and a more open experience, end quote. The rural juror. So we'll see. Can't wait. Love Uncharted. Love those characters. Number four. Both of them, Colin. Suck it. And Nadine sucks. Number you four. You suck! We're desperate for any news about Mass Effect Andromeda, and thanks to a tweet from game designer Ian Frazier, as relayed by IGN, we have a morsel. Basically, Frazier confirms in a tweet that Mass Effect Andromeda has weapon crafting and weapon naming, a somewhat significant advancement, along with an incredibly mild one. Mass Effect Andromeda is set for launch on March 23rd. Can't wait. So, weapon crafting. The R9 Phenomenon said, hey, Greg and Colin. What are your expectations from Mass Effect Andromeda? Since the release date was announced with barely a couple months to go before the release and we barely have seen any footage from the game. Do you think this game is ready or is the release being rushed? Has the reaction to Mass Effect 3 got anything to do with it? Also, is a better strategy to announce games so late to announce games early and let the hype build around it? Thanks. The R9 Phenomenon. He just said, PS, I love you. Uh, I go back and forth on this one when we didn't know anything and we were leading into December and we were talking about predictions the next year I was like this game's getting delayed they're pushing this out of this window clearly something's wrong they're not showing it because something's wrong and the fact that they came out were like motherfucker Yahtzee here is the goddamn release date it's in March makes me go back the other way and go no I think they're probably pretty confident in this game and that's got to be the thing I don't think that they're hiding it because they're worried about it i think that they've gone both ways before where they've shown you so much and then there's so much feedback and expectations in this and now they're trying to say that this is a franchise that is so developed that it has its audience that can just come out and be like here you go you've you've seen like two or three gameplay demos of it we're putting it out and you're going to get in there and get lost and not know what's coming I don't know. I, I it'll, it will have been when it comes out five years since Mass Effect Two. So uh, clearly, they wanted to get this game out sooner and quicker. And I don't think March is necessarily the ideal time to release a game like this. Although they traditionally have released it at off times like this, like spring. Um, so that's not necessarily uh, 
bucking the historical trends for the yeah. game. I think they're in a we'll show you kind of mode. I think that the game clearly was in some sort of trouble um, or was in some sort of uh, crisis at some point. Back and uh, you have to remember the same Bioware Edmonton is not making this game. So first of all, there's a there's a new studio, a different studio working on it. That's number one. And number two, um, although some same, same some of the same people are on board, a lot of new people aren't there. Um, and so I, I'm sure they had a lot of things to overcome. But I think more than that, I think that publishers are starting to learn from promising too much too early and too often. And uh, I think obviously No Man's Sky is the example no Sky! is the example of that. I think No Man's Sky obviously did not even remotely reach uh, what it said it was going to be. And I think that that let a lot of people down. And I think it, it certainly hurt the game. Um, and so I think EA is saying like, well, people, there's a baseline, like people are going to buy Mass Effect, millions of people are yep. going to buy this game. We can, we don't have to say another thing about it. Um, so let's there, let there be a groundswell. And I'm, I'm also sure that they're going to, you know, there's, there's what, two months still. So I think that they will have a very ambitious and very bold strategy moving forward and probably going hands on with it and probably leaking and talking about a bunch of different features and stuff like that. But I like uh, that. I don't know anything about it. And, uh, Does it scare you or excite you, though? I mean, do you do you have a feeling either way on this one? Because I, I, like I say, I keep I alternating back and forth. I have a feeling it's gonna be great. Yeah. Um, My concern is it's going to be really good, but not live up to what we expect from Mass Effect because it's new studio and da, 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 and then it'll get really fucking dinged hard over that. Maybe we'll see. I, I I have a good feeling about it. I'm excited to turn it on and not really understand it. That that is the most. Uh, who are these characters? Where are we going? What has happened? Uh, that, uh, that the exciting thing about Mass Effect is discovery, and I think it's that reason of why I loved Mass Effect two so much uh, around all the other games is the fact that it's a suicide mission. We're putting together your crew. Here's your crew. Go off on their missions and figure out who they are and learn who Jacob is and learn who Jack is, and that mattered so much to me. So the excitement around doing that again and it's a brand new universe. You know what is this planet like? What are these aliens like? How is this all going to work out? And that's exciting. Yeah, I'm super stoked to see what it's all about. I think now that we have a release date and some confirmation that the game's coming out, um, my my uh, worry has turned to intrigue. Ooh, intrigue. Number five, Danish developer Playdead, the studio behind the smash hit Limbo and the more recent Critical Darling Inside, has revealed that it's already working on its next game. News comes by way of a tweet from the studio, which says, quote, thanks for your warm reception of Inside. Since release, Playdead uh, founder Arndt Jensen and his team have been working on the next adventure, end quote. Accompanying the text is an image of what appears to be an astronaut in a spacesuit dragging a parachute behind him. In the distance, what appears to be a meteor is striking the ground. What could it be? We'll find out in the coming years. This news comes alongside word that Dino Patti, the other uh, co-founder of Playdead, who left the studio last year, didn't leave on good terms oh. and was actually forced to leave the studio by the Danish business authority with a $7.2 million golden parachute. Kotaku relays a report from Danish newspaper Borsen that, quote, after nearly 10 years of partnering at Playdead, Patty and Jensen, this is misspelled, I want to fix this. Do it, Colin. Patty and Jensen split because of a disagreement over how and when to release their video games. Patty would not elaborate on the nature of the disagreement, but told Kotaku, uh, and this is Kotaku's quote within the quote, the supposed timeline for the next project and where I am in my life now uh, prompted his departure. The two partners are barely speaking by the time he left, according to Bornson and Kotaku. Kotaku says the root of their disagreement perhaps comes from a letter Jensen wrote to Patty that may have been seen as a resignation letter. So it was a complicated kind of ordeal. Nonetheless, he left a millionaire, so um, and rightfully so over limbo and inside. So we'll continue to see... Uh, how that all develops. Number six, popular developer Obsidian is teasing its next game with a lone, with a lone image being circulated, an image that crosses images of wheat and a smoking pipe on a green background with a text, quote, I used to dream that when my God came back, he would forgive us. That's the trouble with dreams. Sooner or later, we all have to wake up, end quote. So unsubstantiated but tantalizing conjecture suggests that this could be Fallout New Orleans. Or New Orleans. Do you a think it is? No. A spinoff of Fallout 4 similar to Obsidian's Fallout New Vegas, which was built using the structure and tools of Fallout 3. New Orleans was spoke about in 2014 as a location Obsidian's Josh Scheuer discussed wanting to explore in the franchise if given the opportunity. Others, however, think it points to a sequel for Pillars of Eternity. 
An Obsidian game with a sequel reportedly already in development. We'll have to wait for more information to know for sure. Uh, I doubt it's Fallout. I wish it would be Fallout, but I can't imagine it is. No, I don't think so either. But piece of news nonetheless. Number seven. Piece of news? Pizza news. Number seven, in a conversation with US Gamer, upcoming Team Ninja slash Tecmo Koei game, Neo confirmed, uh, uh, and the team behind it confirmed that it's a Ninja game franchise will be returning. Creative director Tom Lee said, quote, maybe I can say that Neo is a gateway into the next chapter of Ninja Gaiden. Okay, Ninja Gaiden is a very important, if not the most important franchise for us. But at this point, I think the franchise needs to be in the shadows for a while until we bring it back. There will be a time, and when the time is right, we will bring it back, end quote. While speaking about the last game in the Ninja Gaiden franchise, Yaiba Ninja Gaiden Z, Lee said, quote, Hayabusa, zombies cel-shaded, just throwing a bunch of different things into that. We don't want to backpedal on our decisions, but it wasn't the right move, I think. But we learned a lot. Just like with the Neo experience, you only learn things by failure. And I don't think that we could have made this game if we hadn't made the Iba, the Iba experience, end quote. Neo is officially gone gold, meaning it's done and ready for launch. It will be released on February 9th. Can't wait. What do you think? I, I really appreciated. I don't think you're on Connor Greg Live, but I'm not sure. I really appreciated uh, them doing the beta again or the demo again. I thought that was cool. Smart. And it was a great way to. Dr- I mean, people were talking about that all weekend long on Twitter. And like I was saying, that's where I watched. I finally was like, oh, shit. Yeah, this is out. Went and watched somebody's Twitch stream or whatever. And I was like, yeah, this game actually looks really fucking cool. It, it gives me Animusha vibes, which makes me excited. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Number eight, a random piece of industry news. Freestyle Games, the developer best known for DJ Hero, has been purchased by Ubisoft. So weird. And is officially joining the publisher's family of dedicated developers. It will be renamed Ubisoft Leamington. Freestyle Games, a British studio, was founded in 2002 and released its first game, a PS2 and PSP title, in B-Boy. The studio has since created games in the Buzz franchise and helped out with Skylanders, Guitar Hero, and Call of Duty in various capacities, in addition to the DJ Hero series of its design. So we'll see what they do. Good for them. It's so weird. Activision and Ubisoft trading studios. Yeah. <laughs> Number nine. This is a wrap-up. Danganronpa, another episode Ultra Despair Girls, which was released in September of 2015 on PlayStation Vita, is coming to PlayStation 4. And Look for DJ Mutton Chops. June 27th, months after the two other ones, exclusive Vita games, Danganronpa and its sequel, also come to PS4. So in other words, all three PS4 games, or Vita Danganronpa games, will be on PS4 by this June. DJ Mutton Chops writes in to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ just like you can. It says, hey, Greg and Colin, this one is for my big mama kuma bear, Colin. With the recent announcement of Danganronpa, Ultra Despair Girls coming to PS4, now all the Danganronpa titles will be on PS4. Colin, will this give you motivation to finish Danganronpa 2 and or Ultra Despair Girls? Also, not sure if you know this, but the Danganronpa series actually wrapped up in anime last year. The Danganronpa title coming out later this year is a completely new story. Keep up the good work. DJ motherfucking Mutton chops. Uh, no, but I'm excited for Aaron to play Danganronpa. Here's what's happening with me, Colin, is that I'm beginning to groom the Vita for the games to play on this Australian flight. I think this might be the moment. This is Danganronpa's moment with Greg Miller, where I finally take your advice to heart and play it because the other one on there so far. Saturday morning RPG, another game I never got around to. But this is, I feel like, Danganronpa's moment to get in there, me to finally be this average student, figure out who's killing these people. Mm-hmm. Can I do it? You can do it. How long is this game? 15 hours, maybe. Okay, that's good for a flight. That's a good yep. flight. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good luck. Thank you, buddy. Uh, the Deep End is bringing its horror game Perception to PS4 in which you play as a blind woman. The game doesn't yet have a release window or a year. Horror game The Town of Light is coming to PS4 sometime in 2017. Survival horror game Uncanny Valley is coming to both PS4 and Vita on February 7th and supports cross-buy. Shovel Knight Spectre of Torment DLC comes to PS4, PS3, and Vita in April. Strategy RPG God Wars is coming to PS4 and Vita on March 28th. Two uh, SRBG slash visual novels in the Utawera Numano series 
butcher that, are coming to PS4 and Vita in 2017. One is called Mask of Deception, and the other is called Mask of Truth. Action RPG Tokyo Xanadu is coming to both PlayStation 4 and PS Vita in the summer of 2017. Tokyo Xanadu Plus then comes out in the fall of 2017. Mm. Puzzle game Darknet is coming to PSVR sometime in 2017. And finally, Tekken 7 has a release date and will come to the PlayStation 4 on June 2nd. And that's all for the news. Colin, you know I've been down with the sickness. Ooh, that is perception since it got announced. I'm very excited it's coming to PlayStation 4, but it's still so far away. If I wanted to know what came to the mom and grop digital shops, where would I go? You go to the official list of upcoming PlayStation 4, PlayStation 3, PlayStation Vita, PlayStation VR, and sometimes PSB software by the kind of funny co-founders. Arcade Archives Neo Geo World Heroes comes to PlayStation 4 Digital. This is out on the 26th, so it is a Thursday release. I used to love World Heroes. World Heroes is a fighting game that was originally released by SNK in 1992. Eight characters based on historical figures such as Hattori Hanzo and Rasputin will fight each other to become the world's strongest champion. In addition to the normal mode, a deathmatch mode featuring various stages full of traps await you for merciless battles. I love merciless battles. Earthlock Festival of Magic comes to PlayStation 4 Digital. It's out on the 27th. That is a Friday release. Embark on a journey to save the beautiful world of Umbra, a harsh planet that stopped spinning thousands of cycles ago. What started as a mission to rescue Ammon's uncle from the clutches of an ancient cult soon spirals into an adventure centuries in the making. You must bring together this group of unlikely heroes to stop the ruinous past from repeating itself. I don't know if I will, will you? No. Enigmatis, the ghost of Maple Creek, comes to PlayStation 4 Digital. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Imagine waking up after a powerful storm as the sun goes down, you find yourself just outside a small town on the side of the road. A shiver runs down your spine as your body remembers the recent dramatic events that your mind cannot or will not recall. Mm. Will you dare to solve the age-old mystery of Maple Creek? Yes. Yes, Maple Creek, I will. Firefighter 2017, the simulation, comes to PlayStation 4 Digital. This is out on Wednesday. Buildings ablaze. People screaming and flames shooting several feet high. Welcome to the professional fire brigade. You and your team will experience the exciting work of the professional fire brigade. Surviving realistic missions where you extinguish house fires, salvage and neutralize extremely toxic and hazardous substances, and accomplish many other fascinating tasks. Oh my god, fascinating tasks. Please, 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 whenever Onion Man himself comes yeah. to visit, play that with him. On yeah, we should play. do that. That'll be fun. We see how realistic it is. Hunter's Legacy comes to PlayStation 4 Digital. Hunter's Legacy is an old school 2D single player Metroidvania platformer where you control Iki, a fierce kitty skilled with twin swords and a bow better known as the Great Huntress of Unimac. Iki will use different mechanics like wall climbing, gliding through the air, and changing her body temperature to traverse puzzles and complete her quest. Kingdom Hearts HD 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue comes to PlayStation 4 Digital and Retail. Kingdom Hearts HD 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue continues three magical experiences, a full HD remaster of Dream Drop Distance, a new HD movie that tells the mysterious story of the foretellers, and a brand new episode that links into Kingdom Hearts 3. Hmm... Moto Racer 4 comes to PlayStation 4 Digital and Retail. In a world where freestyle and risk-taking dominate, impose your riding style all around the world. Impress your opponents and win races with class. Moto Racer 4 is a racing game you can play on asphalt or in dirt in single-player or multiplayer mode with up to 10 players. Master drifting, wheelies, sharp turns, and other techniques to earn a place on the podium. Pineview Drive comes to PlayStation 4 Digital. Oh, shit, we need to name the game. <laughs> Look, oh, yeah, I'm Pineview, we're on Pineview. <laughs> An old abandoned mansion lies at the dead end of Pine, Pineview Drive. A troubled man is standing at its gates looking over the property. 20 years ago, he had visited this estate with his wife, Linda. During their stay, his beloved vanished without a trace, her mysterious disappearance unresolved. Cross the threshold and confront the evil that envelops this cryptic cottage. I'm intrigued. I mean, is it a mansion or a cottage? 
it says it's an old abandoned mansion and now it's a cryptic cottage two very different things in fact like almost complete opposites one man's cottage another man's mansion resident evil 7 biohazard comes to playstation 4 and playstation vr digital and retail fear and isolation seep through the walls of an abandoned southern farmhouse this marks a new beginning for survival horror with the isolated view of the visceral new first person perspective Powered by the RE engine, horror reaches incredible heights of immersion as players enter a terrifyingly new world of fear as they fight to survive. Ooh, Subterrain comes to PS4 Digital. In Subterrain, you fill the shoes of Dr. West, the apparent lone survivor of MPO, an underground city on Mars. Do what you must to survive, battle enemies, fight hunger and thirst, mend your wounds, and gather resources in constant struggle to survive the catastrophe that's beset Mars. Tales of Brazaria comes to PlayStation 4, digital and retail, a tale of emotional versus, emotion versus reason. In Tales of Brazaria, players embark on a journey of self-discovery as they assume the role of Velvet, a young woman whose once-kind demeanor has been replaced and overcome with a festering anger and hatred after a traumatic experience three years prior. The one cool thing about Tales of Brazaria, I will say, is the story is very weird. Like, very interesting. It, you play as a bad guy, basically. And you're enjoying it. Yep. Like, basically, something happens that turns you into something, and then you go through this world basically trying to hurt the power structure that is keeping the world at peace. It's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. There, it's deeper than that, obviously. But the Turing test comes to PlayStation 4 Digital. The Turing test is a challenging first-person puzzle game set on Jupiter's moon Europa. You and Ava Turing, an engineer for the International Space Agency, sent to discover the cause behind the disappearance of the ground crew station there. Upon arriving, arrival, a series of puzzles await you. These puzzles have apparently been set by the missing ground crew, but why have they created them, and what are they hiding from? Robots. That sounds interesting. Finally, Yakuza Zero comes to PlayStation 4 Digital and Retail. The glitz, glamour, and unbridled decadence of the 80s are back in Yakuza 0. Fight like hell through Tokyo and Osaka with protagonist Kazumo Kiryu. Is that how you say it? Kazuma, yeah. And series regular Goro Majima. Kazuma. 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 Play as Kazuma Kiryu and discover how he finds himself in a world of trouble when a simple debt collection goes wrong and his mark winds up murdered. Then step into the shoes of Goro Majima and explore his normal life as a proprietor of a cabaret club. There you go. You know, I'm going to pass on that, but I appreciate that other people are enjoying it. Very yeah, much. people are really liking Yakuza from what I see. Um, pick of the week's got to be Resident Evil, right? Yeah, I would also give a, a healthy shout out to Tails. Yeah, okay, good. Two good games for you to go play this week. And then a whole bunch of other stuff for, that we don't know anything about. because I'm sure one or stuff. two games that probably don't belong on the PSN at all. Welcome to the PlayStation Network. <laughs> uh, Colin. Yes. Topic of the show. Tots, 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 tots. Uh, we're going to check in with our old friend PlayStation VR. How's that sound? We have two that questions about a bitch. Mean Spartan wrote in and said, Hey, Greg and Colin. Mm. Love the show. Many months ago, you guys answered a question I had in which I was concerned about whether Sony would prematurely abandon the PSVR like they did other hardware that did not instantly take off. You both reassured me that they would not abandon PSVR and that they truly believe in it. While, I'm, while it is still very early, I feel I am already hearing very little about VR in general and PSVR specifically. Do you both stand by your initial assessment or do you think Sony may bail on the platform soon? Thanks. Here's the thing that I think is interesting about PlayStation VR that even we have, we've been not down on it, but we've been, what's going on with this? Why aren't there more things? Are you guys happy with it? So on and so forth week after week here. The thing I find interesting about PlayStation VR is that every time we go through the drop, Every week, there's one or two new games there. And no, they, and I mean, it's Resident Evil this week, obviously, a huge banner, AAA title, all this different stuff. But the fact that there's still a constant stream of games, that it's not just lingering, that it's not completely cut off, speaks to the fact that I still think we're dealing with what the expectations for PlayStation VR were. When we started this, we were all very, very bullish and very 
trying to get everybody tempered to the expectations that this wasn't going to be the PlayStation 4 again. This is going to be like we I've said a million times. She was said that this is PlayStation 1 from they're starting from scratch. You buying this now, you're an early adopter. You're getting tech demos. You're not going to be getting full game experiences. That's what we've been getting now with the exception of Resident Evil VR. And we've enjoyed them. You're enjoying them. People are doing it. But we get we've read emails on the show from people writing and saying he's, you know, got 50 games or whatever. He's buying everything that comes out and trying all these different things and enjoying it. It's about how much you want to put into it. But I think the fact that there aren't more AAA things, it isn't cause for alarm. I understand the question of what is Sony's commitment to it. We don't hear about first parties doing anything. We do see Guerrilla Cambridge getting closed, you know, right after putting out rigs and things of that nature. But I still think they believe in the hardware. I just, again, think it's about what their expectations were for it and what ours have to be going forward. Yeah, I don't know the answer. I think that uh, I, I my suspicion is that you know it, it takes a lot of capital to to R and D and put out a device like this, and I don't think they're just going to cut and run on it, especially because it it seems at least partially that there's actually a stagnation in production and that people want to buy them and can't, yeah. um, which is a good sign. Whether that's everyone or not, there are certainly people out there that cannot or have not been able to find one. Um, and would buy one otherwise. And so that's a positive sign. You see a lot of conjecture. I mean, I see it certainly in reading the the, the websites I read every day that, um, you know, in just the outside of the gaming world, outside of the tech world, but just in normal, normal news that, you know, people might have over overstated VR and um, that CS particularly a week or two ago was a was a kind of a it didn't show the next step of the promise of VR that there's kind of like a stagnation or we're kind of just where mm-hmm. we are right now with it until the next big jump happens. I, all I can tell you is how I feel about it. I think, I think virtual reality is essential and important technology, uh, both in and out of games. Uh, I think PSVR is great. Um, and I think it's a nice first step, whether or not they, what, what, what they're seeing, what the bean counters there are seeing. I don't know. It's the same thing with play with PS4 pro where I'm like, I still don't believe PS4 pro is selling. Like, I don't care what anyone says. If, the, if it was selling, they would say it. Um, so they break the numbers out on the right. Road. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I think, or at least say like PS4 pro is doing like, you don't hear anything, nothing about it. Um, and so it could go one way or the other. I don't really know, but, but I, I feel like it's probably where they want it to be. And, uh, I think that they expected that there was going to be a lull and there was going to be a lot of naysayers and, and maybe it does fail, but I still think that they were somewhat ingenious and smart to get in early, even if it ends up being a technology that doesn't resonate with people and doesn't, and goes away. I just can't imagine that being the case. I just think that there's no, wide use case for it yet and yeah. i think games are still the proving ground and so i think we have to just be patient and be slow I, I think that they're probably quite happy with it is there a next you know well i think we'll find out the answer to e3 exactly see i feel like there's two not even canaries in the coal mine but two signposts we're coming up on gdc is the next one everyone has been so hyped about vr leading into playstation vr's launch and oculus and everything that happened last year now that we have them out to the general public what does gdc look like and i know gdc does their own gdc vr stuff like that but what are we seeing in terms of developers talking to other developers developers sharing figures developers talking about how their games have been supported based on hey we made this vr game here's what we're finding here's how this works and how does that energize the community then yeah when we get to e3 because E3 last year was, hey, we have AAA games and they are involved with VR and here you go. Are they going to be able to come out at E3 this year and be like, are they going to be able to say what they did at the last time, right? Where it was Batman and it was Star Wars and it was things you fucking cared about. And I think we still have things coming down the line. Uh, we talk about Resident Evil, but Ace Combat is still a very interesting interesting idea, uh, uh, established genre that I think most people at least have played it once or, once or twice and been like, oh, that was cool. I used to love Ace Combat, but I don't, don't play it religiously. But putting me into VR, sure, why not? I'll try that out yeah i agree that you know it hasn't it's met my expectations yet 
there it, there's this mysterious something about it that makes me not want to play it at the same time sometimes well see and, and that, i don't I, I don't i didn't anticipate that i anticipate like i guess what i'm saying is that if there was one thing i was wrong about or one thing that i didn't didn't anticipate is that i didn't think that i would have this yearning to play games the traditional way mm-hmm. so in such an overriding way that psvr doesn't become unpalatable but it just becomes this secondary or tertiary thing in which you know it's really tertiary after ps4 and vita in which i don't care much to play it right now because there's these other core games i want to play I, in other words i didn't anticipate that particular pull, push and pull being so powerful yeah i thought that i was just going to very readily join the ecosystem but it isn't as easy as it's not as easy as and as thoughtless as just turning your fucking console on and exactly my controller and i just did not think of that particular portion of it which is why i'm not really evangel evangel evangelizing i'm sorry the the games that I've been playing on it because I haven't played a game on it probably since November. Yeah. And see, that's the thing where, you know, I talked about it, I think in the Resident Evil thing, maybe here, it doesn't matter. I'm going to say it again of how, you know, the spare room where we used to do all our content, I moved my desk over, cleared it off and put up a standing VR setup. So now if for either of us, all we have to do is come in, put our PS4 down, plug it in and go. And for me with Resident Evil, that eliminated a lot of things to where it is now where I'm like, oh, cool. Like, I still really want I, I fucking loved that res demo and never played res when it came out because there were so many things out I still want to get back to res and get in there and go through and play that but then again time machine and Robinson and there's all these games that I played at preview events or seen things for them and like that's dope and I'd love to try it and I just haven't done it and now that it is there it's there and I'm ready to go but it's the same way with any other video game where I have to not, only, not only do I have to be in the mood for that game which is you know, not a struggle I shouldn't say but like you know, sometimes I want to do this. Sometimes I want to do that. Play this, play that kind of thing. I have to be in the mood for that experience as well, which I didn't expect with Resident Evil where I was. So the whole reason I set up the room is because I knew we we're getting Resident Evil, got Resident Evil, played two nights in there in the, in the dark with Portillo standing off to the corner and me and this thing strapped in my head and had a great time. And then that day I came home and I was just like, it's three in the afternoon and I just want to chill out and kick up my feet for a second. And that's not what that experience is. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, I mean, with that immersion comes a, a level of exhaustion and physical output that, that defers or delays our ability rather to, to be able to play it. Um, so I don't know. I don't know the answer. I don't, I think we're going to find out. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not really curious about how we feel about it or even the audience feels about it. I'm curious about how the market feels about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the whole thing too, where it's, um, it's a similar situation to the Vita or any piece of hardware you buy, right? People always hit us up and they're like, is it a good time to buy this? Or I'm going to buy them. It's like, is, are there games you fucking want to play on it? Are you know what I mean? Granted, we got our VR units from Sony or whatever, but you, we were gung ho on buying them. Mm-hmm. And even if I had invested, yeah, I just gave my 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 pre-order to Kevin. Exactly. Even if I had gone in on this on my own dime or whatever for the VR unit we have, the amount of games I have in the library I now have just waiting for me, the waiting to go play. I'd be happy with what it was. Not that I'm saying I hope it gets cut off here. I hope it goes on, and has a long life, and we see a bunch of different things with it. But I've enjoyed my VR experience. I've gotten my quote unquote money's worth out of it, even though I didn't put any money in. Uh, second VR question comes from Manny SJ. He says, hi, Greg and Colin. There's been a lot of speculation on the future of PSVR over the past few weeks, including on this very show. I feel that much of the negativity is well justified as this doesn't seem to be an issue exclusively with VR, but the latest example of systematic problem, a systematic problem with Sony supporting their own peripherals at launch PSI, PS move, PS TV and PS camera all had mediocre launches and then we're quickly forgotten. If this is indeed the end of PlayStation VR, you can go ahead and add it to the list. Why should gamers pay attention to the peripheral Sony unveils in the future? What is the rationale behind investing so much time and money to test and produce these items only to have them tossed aside before having time to make any real impact? This practice makes no sense no matter how you slice it. Thanks for reading and making my hour and a half long commutes a little more bearable. Manny. If... 
this is the end of PSVR, which it's not, it isn't. It's not the end of PSVR. It's, I, the, you, there has to be smart bets taken, and that's the whole thing. When Move was coming out, from literally the announcement of PlayStation Move, I was saying, holy shit, is this a bad decision? I, I'll never forget writing that. I felt sick in my stomach watching that presentation at GDC that year. There were tea leaves to read there. Um, when I think back to peripherals, I think of the fucking gun for the Genesis and the Super Nintendo. You know what I mean? Like Super Scope. There's been so many different things that burned us in the past that I feel there should be. You're, we should hold all this to a higher standard coming in. And that's why when Move came around, I was so disheartened and so upset. Not upset, but like let down that they were going this way. And why now you compare that to PlayStation VR and if they're taking their foot off the gas or what's happening behind the scenes, I think it does come down to what we talked about last week with developers and how Sony handles their first party is that sometimes the dice get gets rolled. And I think Sony came out and they were like, we're in PlayStation 4 is the gamer's machine. It's going to be the gamer's device. Game, game, games, 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 games. And that was a mediocre me- or meteor- meteoric message that took off and fucking sailed. And I think people at Sony were taken aback by how powerful that was. And I think that at some point, if VR isn't doing what they want to do, there's been people, there's been conference, there's or conference room conversations that have been, we should do VR. We shouldn't do VR. And now if the numbers are starting to go one way, you see the side that is, we're going to be all about games. And at E3, we're just going to put AAA shit up there and not even have people talk about it. And there's this balance to the system and conversations and what their plans were five years ago are not the world they're living in right now. Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 First of all, the other things he mentions, he mentions PlayStation I, he mentions PSTV, he mentions uh, PlayStation 4 camera and all that. Like none of those are any, all those combined cost less than PSVR, first of all. Second of all, none of them had this push that PSVR has had. Not, no, first of all, the only one that had even any push at all in there, at, at, and I've been covering PlayStation for a long time, is Move. Mm. Uh, not, they never pushed the PlayStation I. They never pushed the, the PlayStation, PlayStation 4 TV. camera like Shuhei is the one who was like when they were launching PlayStation 4 is like you guys made too few of these. You This, this is going to be bigger than you think it's going to be. Right. So I, I don't really agree with the particular comparison specifically because I just don't think that PSVR is PSVR is several echelons ahead of uh, both in price and in importance and in technology of all of those things. And so I I don't. They're, see, the thing is, is that these companies make stupid decisions. There's no doubt that Sony makes a fucking ton of stupid decisions. They have for years and they're always going to. That's the that's the nature of a corporation. I, I think that they do more right than wrong. And I think that they, they're not stupid people. They don't they don't put out this device and be like, all right, we just spent God knows how much fucking money on this thing, you know, R&Ding this and flying around the world to show it to people in manufacturing units. Yeah, let's just abandon it. Yeah. They don't put out anything under, under the assumption that it's not going to do well. To his point, they might not give these things enough time to burn. And specifically with PSTV, I was always confused. I'm like, this is a neat idea. Like, I don't, I don't quite, you know, it was another thing even with Vita where, Yesterday I was on the uh, the couch watching football and I was playing uh, Tales of Berseria on my Vita, mm-hmm. uh, the remote play, and 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 Arrow was looking at. It, I'm like, isn't this cool? Like, she's like, I didn't even know you could do that. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I know a lot of people don't. Like, they don't had they had no idea that this would have been an interesting selling point for the device instead of just changing the the, the messaging seven thousand times. You're gonna be like, this is a, literally a way to for, to you to play your PS4. Yeah. With buttons. Yeah. And. Uh, so they yes they make questionable and dubious decisions a lot but I just don't I think it's too early to tell and I think that there's a lot of defeatist attitudes about PSVR and we just don't have all the data we're going to have the data when they release their yearly financials and we're going to have the data probably at GDC and E3 and then we'll be able to go from there but they didn't put this thing out in the wild to fuck us all um, and I think that you know they, they probably made some mistakes along the way and they're going to figure out how to rectify them and my big thing with this to the point is that from the beginning 
And even when you look at how they launched it and how they promoted it, this was never promoted like you promoted Uncharted or a Call of Duty or whatever. This was promoted like we are making a niche product for this niche audience. And you, the, the hardest of the hardcore PlayStation 4 gamers, the people who supported us and made the PlayStation 4 so successful, here is this thing that we're, we, as you always point out, they, when they announce it, they're like, we don't even know if we're going to put it out. We're showing it to you right now. We're not sure if we're going to put this out. And there was a demand to put it out. And there was this conversation of is VR the future and da, da, da. You, I still feel like I knew what I was signing up for when I was like, yeah, give me a PlayStation VR. You know what I mean? Like I got, I got, and I think that it, for not the first time in forever, but for the first time on a really big scale, it seems like everybody who got it knew that too. As I point out all the time, like I really expected that uh, there was a great chance that PlayStation VR drops. You guys go and buy it. You buy some games and a week later, everyone's on Twitter or writing into the show being like, I can't fucking believe I wasted my money on this. I never, you, I played a few things and they were cool, but they were done in an hour and now it sits over there. And that's when I, when I, a couple weeks ago when I was like, Hey, what does everybody think of their PlayStation VR? Overwhelmingly people are like totally not getting a lot of use right now, but I enjoy it. And then there's people who are on oh, playing it once a week and doing all these different things. Like it seems like people went in with the right expectation of it. And now it's just, we've been burned before, whether it be Vita, whether it be move, whether it be whatever, We've seen Sony move away from things, and I'm not sure that's what's happening here. I still feel like the fact that there are games coming out and the fact that we are still talking about it and the fact that people are still excited about it, I don't think it was ever going to be that Sony was going to be like, all right, cool, and yeah, you know, fucking Naughty Dogs, everybody's working on a VR game, and that's where we're at. I think it is like we're working with smaller people and smaller titles and our third-party partners to try to figure out what's cool about this, and not to mention that a lot of um, progress and step forwards are going to come from indies doing stuff that is on oculus and also getting ported to psvr and all these different things it takes time yeah. uh, these things the, the is the adoption as rapid as a smartphone adoption or something no but it's just that the, the people are not the people don't quite believe yet and they they, they have to try and they, and they will I, I i think vr seems soft all around it's not just exclusive with psvr but i think it's just an adoption problem i i, I we'll see I don't believe for a second that this technology is going away. If that's what the, if that's what the overarching question is, is that this is a fad or a gimmick. I'm like, no, like it's definitely not. Yeah. So we'll see how it all turns out. Colin. Yes. Tell me about them trophies in trophy time. Well, there are uh, three games that I wanted to point out. A trophy time Baker's dozen. Uh, Resident Evil seven biohazard trophies are up. Um, we know them. I, I looked at them before the game came out, obviously, uh, and uh, there are 24 bronzes, 14 silvers, four golds, and a platinum. The important thing to notice here is that there are quite a few trophies you can avoid getting. There are story-related trophies, but there are multiple endings, uh, multiple difficulty levels, one of which you cannot unlock until you beat the game on normal, um, and some certain things that you kind of have to do at certain times. So just And there are collectibles, including uh, Mr. Everywhere statuettes, which are basically these bobbleheads, and then uh, these coins, these antique, these antique coins. coins. And documents, too. And documents as well. So just expect to play it multiple times if you want the platinum. Um, I don't Even clever saving is not going to help you there. The yeah. one major one that you guys want to keep in mind here is that there is a gold for beating the game in four hours. Yeah. Uh, there's a game for a uh, gold for beating the game without using the item box more than three times, which is really hard. And there is a game uh, or a trophy rather for beating the game with only using three first aid meds or less. And yeah. it should be or fewer uh, in the text. When I when I when we finally got a glance at this because I played through it and man, I really love Resident Evil and I was like, I want to see that like you're talking about. There's that branch. I want to see the I'd like to see the other ending, see how that all plays out and stuff like that. But it was also the thing of like, I'm going to hold off, give it a couple days, and then really check on where trophy guides are and what's happening. Because I know uh, Brian from PS4 Trophies, uh, he started putting stuff up. And I have to imagine, and I don't know how, but like I remember when Unchart- we had Uncharted 4 early, you know what I mean? I was going to platinum that, and I went through and did the whole you know speed run for it. And then like 
a couple days after it came out, there was some exploit, right? Where if you skip this and then loaded that, you'd be, you could beat it in an hour. I was like, fuck. And I have to hope <laughs> someone's going to crack the Resident Evil code in the exact same way of like, well, you do this, you do that, and then there you go. I'm like, yep. oh, I'll just wait and do that. Because that, honestly, that would be the one. I, I just hate that kind of thing because I worry about it. You know what I mean? Oh, I paused here. I did this. Porty needed to go outside. Does that count? Da, da, da. I'd rather have it polished off and take care of like the difficulty whatever uh and the same thing i'm assuming for like item box or the item box one and the health kit one i can dial it down to easy i would assume and like yeah. savings generous in there the checkpoints are generous in there i'm not too worried about it yep but i want to do it in the fewest playthroughs because i got things to do division new york ain't gonna save itself in the division uh yakuza zero trophies are live 46 bronze six silver two gold and a platinum Platy. Uh, it seems like, and I think this is kind of common with Yakuza games, there's just lots of really tedious and random shit to do along with, uh, obviously, story-based story stuff, yeah. uh, ones as well. So, for instance, uh, there are sub-stories to complete, uh, yen, obviously, to accumulate, um, fans to acquire, um, and a lot of other things in here as well. So, uh, it seems like it's going to be a hole for people. And then they fi- usually are. And then finally, Operation Seven's trophies are alive. Operation Seven Revolution: sixty-two bronze, one silver, one gold, and a platinum. This is the one with just that doesn't make any sense. Lay it on me, or very little. I mean, you can kind of understand what it says. So, like, you get trophies, bronze trophies for using certain weapons. So it says, use SR to kill. Achieved one hundred kill. That's one of. The- <laughs> uh, kill without taking aim. Achieved one hundred kill. Headshot kill. Achieved one hundred kill. That's so. Then you have. Um, Let's see. There was like some. I want. Oh, kill my shoot. There's. I mean, some of them are funny. Kill by shooting right forearm. Achieved 100 kill. So I have to do it 100 times. I shoot him in the forearm. First kill. Achieved 30 kill. Like that. What, what does the fuck that, does that mean? mean? Kill the enemy defusing a bomb. Achieved 30 kill. Use grenade launcher to kill. Achieve 50 kill. Uh, and then hold on. There was where was the one? Yeah, it's like get killed while crawling. Achieved 50 death. Get killed in sedentary position. Achieved 100 death. Get killed while standing up. Achieved 100 death. Goddamn. Lucky day. The trophy called Lucky Day. Bronze trophy. Survive to be hit by hand grenade. Achieved 50 <laughs> times. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Are you kidding me? P- bomb specialist. Planting bomb all the round in demolition mode. Achieved 10 times. This is like it's like this is yes the the QA and uh, the rigorous certification process strikes again at PlayStation shining sun get hit by the flash. It's not possible. These are just poorly translated from the Japanese list. I'm sh- I don't think these are Japanese. I think these are probably I'm just Eastern throwing out, European. I'm just trying to throw out possible scenarios. Let's see. <laughs> Winner's supper is a bronze trophy to win the game achieved 100 times. What does that mean? All right, whatever. Uh, you be fucking kidding me with this stuff. For trophy time, Space Ghost wrote in just like you can by going to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ and says, hey guys, time to line up my sights and take my trophy time headshot. Last week, Denny Bears gave a self-congratulatory statement about his platinum for Ninu Kuni and you two granted his wish for internet validation. Well, I hope you grant my wish for the classic internet one-upsmanship. Denny Bears, I see your 87 hours and raise you 162 hours for my Witcher 3 The Wild Hunt Platinum. So take your fake Pokemon baby-ass character in Studio Ghibli art style and get the hell out of Dodge. And you know what? I also submit the Witcher 3 Platinum Trophy, parentheses, the limits of possible, for the recently minted This Trophy Can Go Fuck Itself segment. (laughs) Cheers, Space Ghost. 
You sound, you sound kind of angry, Space Ghost, but... Coast to coast. You remember that show? Unfortunately. Rest in peace, Space Ghost. Um, and congratulations to you, Space Ghost, on your platinum in The Witcher 3. I mean, I would have congratulated if you didn't have to talk about Nino Cooney like that. He fucked... Yeah, he's fucking... Nino Cooney's better than Witcher 3. I just wanted to let everyone know that. Just, just saying. You know, no big deal. Wrath of the White Witch, of course. Correct. Call yeah, us, check in with the readers. has got his own witch to worry about. <laughs> uh, readers, thank you, of course, for writing in to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ, just like everybody did and can. Thanks to Jericho, of course, for compiling the questions. We're going to start with David. David wrote in and said, Ahoy there, Colin and Greg. Has Colin gotten back into Far Cry Primal? A big fan of the series myself. I didn't jump into Primal because it didn't seem to speak to what I love the most about Far Cry games, i.e. sniping and blowing stuff up and the tribal slash hallucinatory elements of three and four were definitely not up my alley. But I've been itching to get back into the Far Cry world. Am I wrong about Primal or should I wait for Far Cry 5 whenever that may come and whatever that may be? Parentheses would love to hear you guys speculate on 5 if you choose so. Thanks for all you do and keep fucking that chicken, David. I won't speculate about 5 because who the hell knows. But the, the, it's going to feel a lot like 3 and 4. I know, which is great. I hope it does. Uh, Primal, I think, was a huge surprise for a lot of people, including me. Yeah. Um, and I think it was a very wise kind of turnaround that Ubisoft did to, to kind of buy a little time between 4 and inevitably 5. I think, again, I think people were shocked about it. I, I played it for 10 or 15 hours. I do want to get back to it, but who the hell knows if or when that's going to happen. The the thing that I remember thinking about most on a negative slant was like, I wish I had a gun, but you just, because it's just a little more tedious. Yeah. But I thought the game was, the structure is exactly the same. It, it is a Far Cry game in the fucking Stone Age. And it's, uh, I think it's cool. I, li- I like it a lot. I, My, I, and I think a lot of people really like that. that. I mean, if you're itching for a far, far Cry game, I would say do it. Cause I mean, I jumped in and played it and that was my thing. I'm like, Oh, this is far cry. This feels like far cry. I wish I had guns and I wish I was doing the crazy cool shit. So I'm going to back off, but it is open world. It is a Ubisoft game of running and checking that and doing this and taking that down and building this up. I love sniping motherfuckers from a, from a far. You understand what I'm Who saying? Who doesn't brother? Come on now. So I couldn't do that in, in the stone age. <laughs> Young Anonymous wrote in and says, Hi, Colin and Greg. Mm. Why is Sony seemingly okay with writing a blank check and giving an open deadline to its Japanese studios like Team Eco and Polyphony, but quick to close smaller studios that have quicker turnaround on their games? It just doesn't seem like a sound business. To, it just doesn't seem like sound business to fund a game for 10 years that was never going to be anything more than a niche title. And I can't imagine the profit margin on Gran Turismo to be high enough to justify such a long stretch between games. Love the show. Odie from Chicago. P.S. I love Lola and Portillo. You guys are all right. Uh, all right. Well, so uh, temper yourself a little bit there. Because uh, you're talking about two different things. Polyphony Digital makes an ex- exorbitant amount of money. And the... Uh, uh, what? Gran Turismo 5 sold 10 million copies. That's $600 million in gross revenue. Right. Now, obviously, there's a lot of people that are going to take cuts of that. There's taxes to be paid. They made a, a healthy, very sizable profit on that game. Is Gran Turismo 6 the same? Probably not. Will Gran Turismo Sport be, be similar? I think it probably will be. Um and uh, although I think that there's much more competition in the world now with racing games, like high tier simulation racing games. Now, what, why they let Team Eco do what they, they did, I have no fucking idea. And, uh, you know, I, I think are there different. It seems sometimes that Japan studio in particular, because it is so big. I mean, anyone who's been there, it's a big ass building. There's yeah. a lot of fucking people there. Um, and a lot of different studios working on a lot of different things. I think that there's just a mixture of people there. And I think they're just kind of. I don't want to say immune because I don't necessarily know that, but they just, their expectations are a little different. Some games come out that are really cool that they work on, like, or they help with like Tokyo jungle puppeteer. Obviously they lost money on, I would assume, but it was a great game. And then, but you, you they, you know, uh, right. They came rain that came out oh, some yeah. years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know why they, they, 
I, I'm of the agreement that, or of the mind rather that I don't expect that any Western studio will get away with that. But I, but I, I I think it's just, that's their, they're almost like their HQ and they just have a bunch of teams incubating there. So I think it's just different. And and talking about polyphony like that, I think is a little ridiculous. They, they probably make, honestly, polyphony and naughty dog probably make way more money profit than probably any of the other studios combined. So I, I think you have to be kind of careful about that. I think especially with the Sony we're seeing now who's closing first parties and doing things differently. Uh, I think that these are relics of the past in a lot of ways, right? I think if Gran Turismo was to start to come out on a schedule here and numbers are going down, 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 and it, they're not, then you'd see things get tighter. All right, we're going to pull you back. We're going to do this. As long as they're delivering, nobody cares. And I think The Last Guardian was this weird shifting sand, lose-lose scenario of... They understood, I mean, especially the Sony of the PlayStation 3 era, era art, you know what I mean? We're making something special here. This it, it, it doesn't need to be a game that's going to sell 10 million units. It's something we believe in and we really think is special. And coming off of Eco, coming off of Shadow of the Colossus, there's so much behind that and there's so much goodwill. And I think a lot of what a PlayStation fan's what, how you would define a PlayStation fan would be, and I'm talking about the core person who would go to a PSX and will buy this and buy shirts and do all this crazy stuff for PlayStation is someone who cares about that kind of game and cares about the t- team eco. And so I think they, you give them enough rope. You're like, all right, cool. Let's go. All right. It's not coming along. Okay. Change it. And then by the time you're like, this is a fucking really bad situation. We're in so deep. It's already become a punchline. We want to show we're not that. Da, da, da. I think now, if if that was to start now and go forward, or even if it was even we're only three years in now, you'd see a different thing in a plug pulled, and that's not who we are. But I think again, with what we're talking about, these corporations that you know, Sony, PlayStation, these brands, they're a huge ship that takes so much time to turn, and it's not you can do it in a heartbeat. And I think that as leadership comes in and leaves, as uh, financials start playing out differently, you see them start to make choices that. I think even right now we see them turning away from who they were not in a necessarily a bad way, but we're PlayStation and we're going third part or I'm sorry, AAA games. And we're going to, this is what we're going to make right now. What that means for VR, who knows what it means when people are like, Oh, what about Vita two? I'm like, that is not the PlayStation you have. They would not do a Vita two. The, the old PlayStation we always talk about being crazy enough to do it. Sure. But this is a company that's super successful and they know what they're doing, what's successful and they're going to keep doubling down on that. And so, yeah, I think it's, a little bit of a time flux in there too. And like how I, nobody would get away with it now. I don't think, but we'd have to see, uh, Colin Philippe MGM writes in, and this is mainly directed at you. He says, hello, Colin and Greg, a couple episodes ago on PS. I love you. XOXO. You talked about the resurrection of rhyme. Colin said that Sony dropping games was extremely rare. Well, in this gen, at least it's not really the truth. Sony has dropped its support of four exclusive games for the PlayStation 4 this year. Besides Rhyme, three Sony Santa Monica external development games have been dropped by Sony. What Remains of Edith Finch is not published by Sony anymore, and Anna Purina? Purina? Anna Purina, I think. Purina, is that how I pronounce it? Thank you. There's no A, I in this one. Uh, Interactive is handling that game, which will come out on PC as well. What? Wattam? which is Rob, Rob, Robin. Oh, yeah, that, was, that was a cute game with the hats and all that. Yeah, is now not owned by Sony anymore. Robin, the one of the uh, people who made it here, confirmed it will come out for multiple platforms and the game is vanished from the Sony Santa Monica page and the trademark, which has been abandoned by Sony, is now owned by Phonomena, parentheses. There is some indication that Anna Perina will publish this one too. Lastly, and actually least, is the Modern Zombie Taxi Co., a PSVR game by Vati. 
back room announced at PSX 2015, which has also vanished from Sony's pages. So at the moment, the only upcoming game listed on the Santa Monica website is God of War, an unusual situation for the studio in this decade. Do you guys think that Santa Monica Studio, or maybe SIE in general, is moving away from these kinds of projects, or are they just rebooting their, that part, their part of the studio? P.S., it's worth noting that Annapurina Interactive, which is a brand new publisher, is composed of many ex-SMS staff, including Nathan Gary, which, or who is that, what it should say, who was Sony Santa Monica's ex-dev director. Okay, good to know. I should have said any game that anyone cares about. The, the uh I've heard, and I think you probably heard too, that they, that, that a lot, they were, they definitely... I think they like prune the shit out of uh, XDev over at Santa yeah. Monica, and I don't know. I don't know that they've necessarily talked publicly about that, but I've certainly heard that. I think I from multiple I, sources. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know people that don't work there anymore that work there. Yeah. So um, I think, and I, again, I think that goes to my. So point. I think that those were all Santa Monica driven XDev games, and so that's not a huge surprise. And I, th- and I think that's the point of you're seeing it if you are paying attention. Sony start to shift away from the Sony we knew, the Sony that was putting out fucking the last guy and all the stuff on PlayStation Three, right? PlayStation Four. As is evident, doesn't need that. PlayStation Four is we have we have these exclusives that we're bringing out. People are buying the system without there being exclusives, and what they're buying it for isn't the smaller titles. So we can drop games like this, knowing that what remains of Eden Finch will get picked up and somebody else will publish it, and then we'll be fine. We'll still make you know the money and the cut off of people buying it there. Yeah, the Eden Finch thing I had actually heard about a while ago, but I didn't know that, that I didn't know that anything was said about it publicly. The the. Uh um, I think XDev was pruned at Santa Monica and people were laid off or fired. I don't really know uh, the nature of it after Bound came out, mm. um, which clearly bombed. Um, and also, you have to remember that the, the last two XDev games or last two, let's say, second party substantial games that, that they talked about at all were, were Bound and Shadow of the Beast, which probably sold a combined five copies. So mm-hmm. um, again, different, different, you know, they're not they don't need to take those risks anymore. They feel. Yeah, exactly. Well, and also they're, they're just taking bad risks like that. that see, that's the thing that that disappoints me is that. With Edith Finch, for instance, um, Giant Sparrow clearly didn't. Giant Sparrow's a great studio, but clearly didn't really have any eye towards timing or like uh, the Unfinished Swan was really late too. Like, yeah. the, and so like they were probably fed up with them, I assume, um, because they had a identical three game contract that that game company had for Sony, which worked out well for them. Mm-hmm. But when you see when you identify games like Bound, no no disrespect to Bound, or when you identify games like Shadow of the Beast, which is apparently terrible. Um, why like why are you doing this because then you have games like hell divers and you have games like all these games that sony definitely incubated journey and all these games it's like i just feel like people had a bad eye for these games it's not necessarily that these games are just not going to do well it's that you're not identifying the right games right you know and that so it's disappointing that people have to pay and suffer for that yes i could have told you that the game about a person dancing like a ballerina was going uh, around an environment was going to fail i could have told you that a long time ago i could have told you that the game about this fucking choo-choo rocket looking thing fucking flying around in the air what what was that was a smash success i'll have you know told you that failed i could have told you that doki doki universe could have failed would have failed i could have told you it's like we know we boy it's like yeah like i'm like who's who's this surprise like who are you letting tell you that these games are gonna do well that's the thing is like i see and you need a little thing. bit of expertise to tell you that like i think back in the day there no was a, there was a leadership uh there was a core of playstation that is like we know they're not because that's the whole thing we talk about all the time with nis or somebody else right where they put out these games and they sell whatever a hundred thousand copies and that's that's oh my god that's awesome that's success because they set it correctly they set their expectations correctly when you're talking about i think anything you just mentioned sound shapes which is a fantastic game that we all love but sound shapes didn't set the world on fire in terms of sales but 
did was anyone back there saying it's going to no i bet everybody was like it's going to sell this many units it'll be fine it'll be something that keeps our audience because when playstation 3 was underperforming and getting its teeth fucking kicked in by xbox what do you lean on and you lean on well we are the machine for that not refined gamer but the true gamer right the the narrative got really clear really early xbox is fucking gears and halo and it's your bro shooter and it's fucking madden and it's mountain dew good for them we are this weird fucking japanese game where you're a dog man you know what i mean you're running around last guy it's it's uh, we're gonna be all these weird little games that people who really like games are gonna take a chance and try it's we're gonna be focal or we're gonna be these other exclusives you can't get anywhere else yeah i I, it's just that to me you know i mean this this kind of pruning started happening a long like a while ago actually if you just pay attention to the tea leaves or, or know people there was a studio uh of moderate size that made a moderately popular but not very popular playstation exclusive game that had that were originally i think slated or, or attempting to or it looked like they were on board to do a sequel in which that sequel was not adopted whereas maybe a few years ago that sequel would have been made yeah. i know of a studio uh that was wanted to make a playstation exclusive some years ago that was was well on its way apparently only to have that that support pulled um and they went on their own way to do something else um so sony's been pruning for a while and maybe they're always doing those kinds of things these are just stories that i've heard over the years yeah but the the situation is unfortunate because the lifeblood of a console, I do believe, is the exclusive library. Like the the reason you go, you need substantial third party support, which is ubiquitous across all consoles, in order to sell consoles. And I accept that. I mean, Call of Duty is the best selling. There isn't one fucking exclusive on that list of, of best selling games um, that we just read earlier in the show. But man, like you got to still you you can't abandon it completely, you know. And that's the thing that I feel like is happening, based on what we're hearing about XDev and all the other other kinds of things that they're just like, no, no more. You know, and or very few. And I'm like, but that's I remember those exciting Gamescom moments of like I'd be in Germany and and, and in the corner is is Resogun and the corner is Helldivers. I was the one that came back to IGN and being like Helldivers is fucking insane. You know, but that game would have never happened if Sony didn't fund Arrowhead to make it. And and it took them time. And and, but like Shadow of the Beast always looked bad. And so my, my, my curiosity is like, why did you let that happen? Right. You know, uh, Bound was an interesting experience by Plastic, who's a, an interesting developer. They made Datura. They made Linger and Shadow. But come on, guys. Like, you know your audience isn't going to buy this. This isn't Journey. This isn't a game that you guys really believe in. You barely talked about it. Yeah. And so I just want, they need to not abandon, but recalibrate the way that they develop these games. Because I still think they're important. And I still think there's money to be made. I just don't think they're just being smart. Uh, everybody's gone to the rapture was xdev incubated and people loved it you yeah. know maybe not the smoothest development according to the, the chinese room yeah uh, fat princess fat princess another great example um even smaller games like escape plan and all these kinds of, these were good games and uh so i i get a little sad when i think about those kinds of things. yeah but I, I i get sad about it too but it is that thing of i think the ship's turning and i and i don't know if inside of playstation they're thinking at a top level well, we don't for a while there we needed to help you know we're like running behind the kids on their bikes while they try while they wobble trying to get up on two wheels and now the indie scene the place to go do that like hell divers is such a great idea and yeah it needed them back then would that need them now could they have come out and found venture capital kickstarter whatever a partnership deal because more and more you know 505 games and all these people are bringing in different people to make okay virginia looks great yeah let's pick that up and put it out and that kind of thing yeah i mean maybe they're not needed in that space i just don't think 
they're making a mistake. Sony's making a mistake that I think Microsoft's making as well, which and I think one of them should pull up quickly. And I think Sony has is the best position, which is to be like, we don't need all these studios anymore. And we don't need to invest in all these games. And I'm like, I think you're fucking wrong because when it, when it when push comes to shove and you put these two consoles next to each other, the only thing that differentiates them is what's only on one or the other. And you need to have a compelling library. Uh, it doesn't mean you don't. It doesn't mean you have to have Starhawk and Twisted Metal and all these games in 2011, 2010. Sony that was putting fucking just shitting these games out. Yeah, but it means that you should incubate or at least have smart first party connections to second party studios or your or your Sony uh, people working on timed exclusivity, whatever it is. Like I think that it's it's a smart play and it, and it helps and it helps build your ecosystem. And when you become when you when you build a reputation like that, then that begets itself. If you build a reputation in the opposite, then people become way more skeptical. And I think that's what's specifically happening with Microsoft right now with Xbox, because not only have have they shut down, they shut down Lionhead, they cancel the old version of Phantom Dust, they cancel Scalebound, they cancel all these games. But then people look at it and like, but also all of your games are on PC. Yeah. What the hell are you guys doing? You know, and Sony should just go in the opposite direction because going in the opposite direction has worked. You know, yeah. um, that's my two cents. I mean, I'm not a bean counter. That's the thing is I yeah I bet uh, I, I'm gar- I guarantee inside of PlayStation people are making that same argument, and they, but it's worked and they're saying well it's not it's we're working without that now, and so I think by the time everything go- in this industry right ebbs and flows you're right whoever's on top of one console generation will get fucked the next one it always apparently seems so like but, when we come back is that I, don't get me wrong I'm with you I, if I was in PlayStation with if you and I were there. Shuhei would chase us out, but if he didn't chase us out, we'd be saying the same thing of like we need more shit like this. Yeah, I, I mean, it, listen, I'm not. I, we're not. Look. I, I can't. I look. I can't see the future, right? But when I look at some of the games that that they've they've brought out in the last few years, Fat Princess Adventures, mm-hmm. for instance, like what are you guys doing? You really thought that that game was going to make you any fucking money? I mean, it's interesting it's game. I played it. It's a fun game. But come on, guys. And and Bound is really the one for me where I'm like, why? Why? I played that game for a little while, and I'm like the fuck is this yeah and, and now I, I appreciate it's abstract and interesting and i like plastic i was an early proponent of plastic i especially with the Turo, which burned me but i thought that game was so fascinating um but come on guys like i could go to gdc or at pax one day and find you five games that you should have gotten in bed with you know that would def- chasm you know yeah or back in the day mercenary kings or like the i'm like shovel knight like well how did no one in the first parties be like hey we want that you would fucking blind, you know? Yeah. Like, and so, yeah. Is it easier said than done? Of course. Have I been in the Have I been in the trenches doing this? Of course not. But I'm a well experienced and knowledgeable gamer, and you have to wonder: Is Fat Prince's Adventures worth you guys producing, or is should you try to be finding something a little more novel? You know, and uh, and and that novel nature of PS3, that DNA of PS3 specifically, which none of the other consoles had. PSP had it, but none of the consoles was carried over to ps4 and then it was killed yeah and that's a sad day will it affect the bottom line i don't know and will it affect sales of the console probably not but it affects my enjoyment of the console mm-hmm. yeah i i'm with you that it's interesting it's not there but i do feel that we're seeing the groundswell of third-party uh, publishers pick up the slack and put out cool shit so we'll see what happens as we go on uh x 72 evolution x said hey greg and colin how do you curate your ps4 hard drive i always want to have my favorite games and the games i want to play with my friends however i want to have games that highlight the awesomeness of the playstation ecosystem how do you guys find your balance cheers elliot from norfolk virginia what do you do with your hard drive i i started i think we had, we had a conversation here in like 
October on one of these shows or whatever about folders and I wasn't using folders and when VR hit I started using folders and I can't get enough folders. No, I don't use folders. I don't I don't organize. I just delete things and then add things. I'm always deleting shit. The thing with my folders is it's one of those things where I I want to eventually try you play you beat you like Virginia as soon as I platinum Virginia yesterday deleted it was like ah it's like it's like that's my own list of like things I need to do and then I cross them out and get them off but in terms of curation right now I just have a folder that's VR and a folder that's just games whatever yeah I don't have any folders on Vita or PS4 yeah Oh, Vita is interesting. Vita, I have it all alphabetical. I like that. I have it all alphabetical. Just one, mm. you know, my like five screens of games. Yeah, yeah. no, I like to, I like putting them in the giant little folders because I hate that fucking bubble system. Are they giant or are they little? The giant little folders. Well, see, because I can't put that many in there, but the bubble is still big. Right, right, right. God, I hate that the bubbles. Sense. Why didn't they ever redesign the bubbles? God damn it. I, know, I think that they had no interest in redesigning anything with the Vita. Great question. Yeah, well, that's a good. I'm, we're not going to do this question, but the synopsis is Brandon said, do you think the Vita's joysticks had any influence over its failure as a AAA console on the go? No, no that the joysticks no. were great. The, nobody ever even got around to complaining about that. They played it so little. The <laughs> only game we love in Vita. which the circumference of the, the, the stick bothered me was Dead Nation. Mm. Which made it really hard to play for some reason because it's so exact. Yeah. But other than that, I, I found them to be fine. Okay. Uh, Getting out of here with two quick ones. Uh, is high zero zero eight said, "Yo, Colin and Greg took a stroll through the For Honor page to get hype for the closed beta and the upcoming faction war. Went and had a peek at the generals for each faction, and I lost my goddamn marbles when I saw that kind of funny is listed under the samurai faction. Just wondering if you guys are doing anything special for the beta or release of this game, or." Is just being a general, or is being a general just a title to get the best friends to unite under one banner? Keep up the great work. Love all the content. Jeff, P.S. to all my samurai best friends, send me a friend request on PSN at I-S-H-I-I-008. Let's fight for the glory of our generals and kind of funnies for the best friends. Uh, no, so it's not just something they did. Uh, we're working with For Honor. They hired us for this beta. We are doing a stream on Friday playing through it. Uh, and then, yeah, you can go there right now, sign up on the beta to be a general or no, to join our thing and p- fight for the Samurais. And they're going to see which audience does the best and gets the most kills and all that jazz. But yeah, Friday, there's a thing. It's a sponsored opportunity. Obviously, we'll promote it as such. Just let you know. But honestly, it's funny because the reason when they hit us up to do it, like, do you guys want to do this? I was like, well, yeah, because the best friends all keep telling us we need to give it a shot because so many people are into For Honor and we've always been like, looks cool. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm totally ambivalent, but I'm, I'm looking forward to my mind being changed if possible. Yeah, we'll so see. Friday, uh, twitch.tv slash games. we will be doing a live stream of that game after the Kind of Funny Morning Show. And then final question, Colin, comes from Bumble Boy Wonder, which is Bumble a good name. Bumble Boy Wonder. Hello, Mr. Miller and Mr. Moriarty. My question has to deal with the quote year with PlayStation review end quote emails people are getting. You seen these? I don't know. I don't think so. The question is how uh, the uh, people have been getting emails from PlayStation mm. that are saying, thanks for playing on PlayStation. Here's your year in review. And it tells you your three most played games. It gives you the hours you've sunk oh, into cool. that game. Exactly. Did and you get one? No. <laughs> and his question is, the question is how after extensive research and even chatting with a PlayStation employee, the answer seems to be subscribing to the newsletter, but there is no us sign up. Even the chat guy couldn't figure it out. I've been with the PSN and PS plus since day one, and it would be awesome to see my year in review. It's like stats on sports games. Uh, yeah, it would, would like be awesome. It. I did see that. And I think what it is, is that probably when we signed up for whatever and gave them our email, it was like, do you want to get newsletter shit? And I, I probably checked no or, or I said no or unclicked it, right. which sucks because I would love this information. And it's all and like somebody else pointed out how annoying it is that 
If they have all this data, why can't we just look at it anytime? Yeah. I'd love to see all so, this. They're getting... so annoying. They're and, so fucking annoying. It's such a cool idea. <laughs> I wish they would let us look at it all the time. Yeah, or give them to everybody or figure it That's out. That's a really great point. Yeah. Why don't you just make that available? Just fucking go all like, the time. Why don't you just have a thing where it's like, where you have a slider? It's like from March of this year to this date of this year. This is what you played, and this it's like why? We're why also hu- we're huge dorks. We would love to see that information. See how many hours we put. Get caught off guard with what your most played game of the years. Ah, time calling for you to meet your new best friend. This is, of course, P.S. I love this best friend. XOXO. This is where one of you writes in over at kindoffunny.com slash forums explaining why you need PSN friends. We read your name and message. Then all the other best friends send you loving messages and friend requests. This one comes from Chris Rojo. And he puts in parentheses like the color. So not Rojo, Rojo. Hello, my name is Chris Rojo, like the color. I finally made the switch. No, not that shitty six-inch Android tablet Nintendo is trying to pawn off upon off on us as the future of gaming. My girlfriend brought me a PlayStation, bought me a PlayStation 4 Pro this Christmas, and I love it. I already have five platinum trophies in the bank, and I'm working my way through the order 1886 for my sixth. Lucky you. I was a huge achievement whore, 83,760, but. I must admit, unlocking trophies is much more rewarding. Achievements never really motivated me to 100% any game. Trophies, on the other hand, actually reward you for doing the work. I have listened to you guys ever since your Beyond days. In fact, it was Collins and that other guy, Ryan, <laughs> five-year anniversary podcast that drew me in. Judging from the thumbnail, I thought you two were a couple. <laughs> no, people still think that. In many ways, day. you and Ryan were. Whatever happened to that photo? I don't even know the photo you're talking about. We take a lot of photos. My PSN name is the underscore Rojo underscore warrior pronounced like Rojo. The underscore Rojo underscore warrior or Rojo if you want to. Please add me as I really do need. (laughs) I really do need some PSN buddies parentheses trophy hunters preferred. I will also be purchasing a Vita in the near future. Thank you gentlemen. Keep doing what you're doing. Your pal the best looking kind of funny bestie Chris Rojo. Well there you go Chris. Good for you. You know what I mean? Go get it. Now, here's one for you, Colin. Now, we're still in I Love This Best Friend, right? Usually, this is where I read the name, people send the thing, and everybody's happy. This is a real-life, person-to-person connection. You okay? You getting tired? No, I'm just... Oh, you're squinting real hard like you're trying to stay awake at the wheel. (laughs) You can go to sleep, Colin. It's fine. Don't crash the car. Uh, Matt Weimer wrote in and said, Hi, Greg and Colin. Not a question, just wanted to make sure recognition was given. I needed an extension cord for my PS4 camera for my PSVR setup to make the whole thing work. This cable does not exist in Canada. I posted on the forum and graphics wrench, parentheses, on the forum, sent me one within a day. I am so thankful for him, and then he puts, or her, taking the time to do that for me. So thanks. Best friends, Matt. Well, that's such a nice little that's thing. That's a very nice Graphics gesture. wrench, what a, what a gem you are. I enjoy you. I'm going to hit you up on the forums and give you a free game of your choosing off of our free game list because that's what best friends do. Way to support each other and take our message to light. Speaking of support, Greg Way. P.S. I love this best friend was brought to you by Blue Apron. Not all ingredients are created equal. Fresh, high-quality ingredients make a real difference, so it's important to know where your food comes from, and that's what Blue Apron's all about. Of course, you've heard me talk about Blue Apron before. I've used it. They send you this thing. You open the box. It's a meal. It's got all the pre... little. You, know, you want salt, Colin? They got salt in a little, little packet. Salt, little salt packet? It calls for two 
things of celery, you got two things of celery. I it's hate a- buying celery. Buy, they buy, make you buy so much. Right? I don't need this much celery. Just let me, come on. That's it's like, like I'm making like a little chicken salad. Like here, buy five pounds like, of celery. I, I don't need this much. Blue Apron gets rid of all that. For less than $10 per person per meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meal. You choose from a variety of new recipes each week or you let Blue Apron's culinary team surprise you. Recipes are not repeated within a year, so you'll never get bored. Keep the surprises to yourself. <laughs> Colin, you want to know what some of the upcoming meals are? Sure. Spicy shrimp and Korean no, rice cakes can't do that. with cabbage and fruity kale. No, fruity cocky. Fruity cocky. Fruity cocky. Uh, pork chops and garlic piccata oh. Oh. with scallion, rice, oh. and spinach. Wow, that sounds great. Mushroom and chipotle pepper enchiladas with lime sour cream. Uh, you can check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash I love you. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash I love you. Is that nice? It's very nice. Colin, would you like to know this week's forgotten PlayStation game? You and I both have a history with it. Yeah, okay. This comes from Y2B. Uh, of course, a forgotten PlayStation game is one you forgot about. I also have one this play. week when you're done. Okay, good. Y2B says, hey gang, I wanted to nominate a game for this week's forgotten PlayStation game. I was browsing the trophy collection the couscous. Uh, he forgot an of here. Sorry, I was browsing the trophy collection of the couscous magnet himself, Colin Moriarty, and I saw a game that, based on the time in which he platinumed it, a brisk twenty-three hours, it is near and dear to the heart of Mister Moriarty. That game is Ice Age Three: Dawn of the Dinosaurs. I know some may look at this as a childish game, but the reviewer on IGN.com, one Mr. Greg Miller, stated that the variety of games is nice and the multiplayer is actually fun and that despite staring at a cave wall is a very interesting is a very interesting storytelling device. It's easy to get around the game. Sounds like a hidden gem to me. Thank you for everything you do. And in case this is a turd, don't do it anymore. You guys have helped me through many months of unemployment and after being laid off from my previous job while looking for a new one, I am grateful for your hard work. Why to be? Yeah, so uh, I I remember th- I rem- I vaguely remember the game. Although um, what I was going to say was I, I do remember stating, and it was true that the one thing that playing a few of those games taught me. So there was four of them. It was Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, Up, uh, Django, Rango, or Rango, Rango, and then uh, Ice Age Three, and yeah. Ice Age Three. Is that they were actually oh, and where the wild things are? Mm. Is that they were all pretty well made? Like the, the, the like they were all actually pretty good games. If you, they were way better actually than half the shit we were playing, that was like hardcore. And that's the thing about this is I'm like not saying you should play it. This but. is a time capsule to what IGN was, where Ice Age Three: Dawn of the Dinosaurs showed up in the office, and Dunham was like, "Here, Greg, review this." Like that was the thing where IGN reviewed every game that fucking came out. Yep. But yeah, it wasn't a bad game. Uh, my, um, I thought he, I actually, when he said he was going to my trophies, I thought maybe he would find it or this it would have been serendipitous kind of thing. I was thinking about the game mini ninjas the other day, Oh, mini ninjas, I which I platinumed and it was a, that was a fun game. I liked that game a lot. Yeah. So, uh, shout out to Mini ninjas. Shout out to, uh, real shout out to mini ninjas. Like that's a great game. Okay. Uh, now it's time to check in on the worst name of the week. Remember Shuhei Yoshida won't let you change your name. So you go to kind of funny forums. Cause he hates you. It, no, I don't. Yeah, it's because he hates you. And you tell us your bad PSN name or one you saw. I'm letting one in here that you saw, uh, and then we put you on here. So PSN's worst name of the week is from Y2B again. Interesting. I didn't realize that they are in these. That's interesting. Two questions from the same person. It is interesting. You didn't have to do that, but you're the one who selected it. So why way I mean, to be? What do I care? What way I care? to be? Y2B outclassed all you motherfuckers and had two way great submissions. Y2B. 
<laughs> Hello, guys. I wanted to nominate a name for worst name of the week. Sadly, this is not my own name. I was pl- playing Titanfall 2 multiplayer, swinging around Angel City, having my balls stomped in like usual. Then... A special kind of crazy took the shot that took me down. At first, I didn't think anything of it as the kills go so quickly. But then I noticed the name of the slayer who slayed me. Darth Invader. Darth Invade and then all capital her. Darth Invade her. No E in Invade. Darth Invade her. Darth proceeded to invade me the rest of the match by exploiting my shitty FPS skills and killing me repeatedly. Thanks for everything you do, YTB. So Darth Invader. Invade her. That's the bad name of the week here. It's dirty. Now, here's something that doesn't happen often, Colin. Someone has written in angry to PSN's worst name of the week, claiming that their credit was stolen. Uh, All right. Let's see. Let's get to the bottom of this. Username regret says, hey, guys, on the topic of worst name of the week last week, I couldn't help but notice the name you chose last week was basically the same name I left the week before. Last week was Cummies for Kitties. The one I submitted the week before was Come Eat Breakfast Child. How did you not select that one? I don't know. There's so many. We get a lot. Come Eat Breakfast Child. <laughs> what's going on here why did you choose this name but not mine when they're basically the same thing i'm also kind of wondering if someone got the idea to take my name and change it a little bit but resubmit it without the orphan oh shit. come on you're trying you don't think there's a fucking million names out there with coming it yes guys i know it was because the shit's about the shit about orphans being 99 percent of the population and we must exterminate them because i hate minorities but the name that went along with it get fucked orphans <laughs> He had two he's putting in. Get fucked orphans was the other one. It still feels like a low blow, you wonderful bastards, and I hope the orphans didn't put you up to I, it. I think that the cummy breakfast child is even an even better name. I do too. No, it's really gonna I am I am sorry I missed Cummy Breakfast Child. <laughs> what game did he spot that player in? That's fucking layered, everything that's happening there. What game was it? Didn't say. I didn't go. I didn't go back to look for it. Come on, I got things Come to do. Right? Breakfast Come eat breakfast, child. child. Jesus. Come eat breakfast, child. Was brought to you by Movement Watches. Movement Watches. That's M V M T. Was founded on the belief that style shouldn't break the bank. The watchmaker's goal is to change the way consumers think about fashion by offering high quality, minimalist products at revolutionary prices. With over five thousand watches sold to customers in more than one hundred sixty countries around the world, Movement Watches has solidified itself as the world's fastest growing watch company. Movement watches started just $95. At a department store, you're looking at 400 to 500 bucks. Movement figured out by the selling online, they were able to cut out the middleman and retail markup, providing the best possible price. Classic design, quality construction, and stylized minimalism. Get 15% off today with free shipping and free returns by going to movementwatches.com slash love. Uh, You know, I have one of these. It's black, black band. Blackface, red things. I wear it when I wear my suit because I want to look like an adult. When I'm wearing my PlayStation shirt, not so much. Not too worried about it. But if you want to do that, no big deal. Go to mvmtwatches.com slash love and join the movement. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been PSI Love You XOXO episode 71. Remember, PSI Love You XOXO is kindoffunny.com's PlayStation podcast. It posts every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames. So go there, subscribe, watch the other videos like Colin was right. And of course, if you don't want to watch anything, maybe your eyes fell out of your head when you looked over there and you saw some fucking woman coming at you. And it wasn't that she was pretty. She was just coming at you with like lethal intent and your eyes fell out and God only knows where they went now. Come that breakfast, woman. woman. <laughs> 
You can also get on podcast services around the globe. And you make it the number one PlayStation podcast on the internet. So thank you so much. Colin, every episode of PSI Love You XOXO ends in a segment in a song called Singing a Shuhei. This is where one of you talented motherfuckers goes to kindoffunny.com slash PSM. You give me your song that you made. I need it as an MP3 that I'll put at the end of our MP3. I need it as a YouTube link that I'll annotate to at the end of our YouTube video. Uh, today's comes from Mike. Mike says, hey guys, love the show. Love you both. My name's Mike and I'm the drummer for the band John E. Funk and the Skunks. We're a funk rock band based out of Boston, Massachusetts, and have been together since 2013. The song I'm posting is called Debbie, off our third album. We are also on Spotify and iTunes. Thanks for all you do. P.S. My 24th birthday 24th birthday is on the 24th of January, which just so happens to be this Tuesday. Would love to hear my band on the podcast on my birthday. That didn't help you at all. I just want to put it out there. I'm glad you put it in there, but it got picked before then. Don't worry about it. Ladies and gentlemen, here's John E. Funk and the Skunks with Debbie. Talking to you, I feel it. 